Hello, everybody. Jim here. And before we get into this week's show, I want to remind everybody that last week's episode, episode 509, was a Patreon-only annual show. And you can go over to our Patreon and listen to it for as little as a dollar for the month. Listen to that. Also get early access each week to this show, the DC Comics Podcast, and a couple other things. Each level that you go up, you get more and more shows. And if you do end up going over there now, you can sign up for a seven-day free trial and check out a ton of things before deciding if it's right for you. But just as that reminder, if you were wondering where episode 509 is, it's over on the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, and you can go and listen to that and plenty of other shows right now. But with that, let's get on to the show. Welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm the Mind Bomb, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 510. 510, you're the Mind Bomb, huh? The Mind Bomb. I'm the Lamia Sport Chuck. Can sure I be are. that? <laughs> I am Chuck, but that might not be his name, but who cares? He's dead, Eric. There you go. That's how is I he- feel. Uh, who knows? Do you quite die when you enter? The gray? I don't know. The gray? Are we going with the gray? The gray? The gray. Well, I was going to say the green, but it's more of the gray, so I ended up you know, going that way. I don't think G. Will Wilson's playing with that. I actually would love if the idea, and we'll be talking about Poison Ivy later, I'd love the idea that this actually turns like the idea, oh my God, I always thought I was part of the green, but I'm part of the gray. It was always within me. Oh my God, the spirit. I just want to think it's something that the Philonic man did to her. Yeah, be kind of cool, though, because then she might have her own little identity. But we'll get to that. We have a bunch of books. I don't know if they're all great, but hey, they're books, Eric, and that's why we're here to talk about them. But if you wonder, hey, everybody, where's that Birds of Prey number three or that Fire and Ice? Welcome to Smallville number three. Why aren't you talking about them? Well, we did. We did. We talked about those Thursday night on our Patreon-only spotlight show, The Badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. They ended up picking those two. So if you wanted to hear again, Birds of Prey number three and Fire and Ice, welcome to Smallville number three. The books everybody's talking at down at the local fruit cellar. Eric, fruit right? cellar. The fruit cellar. Uh, that's actually like you go down in a cellar. It's like kind of a play on words. The, a fruit cellar is actually a thing. It's Evil Dead 2 over here. It's the idea of making it like a wordplay as well. I mean, I know that like coffee shop, that would be a thing. But also you say co- it's wordplay or coffee shop right so you want to do what? that go over to the patreon <laughs> patreon.com slash weird science the link will be in the show notes as well but yeah you'll get to hear us talk about those two books and coffee shop yeah coffee shop you get it wordplay speaking of wordplay eric i know that you well you love the the word shrimp here is the wordplay where we give a shout out maybe a little applause as we've been doing eric too the badasses of the Get Fresh crew are here at their roll call. I have to tell you, somebody told me this past week that they love my rapping at the oh, beginning yeah, of did. the roll call. They did. I should have taken liar. a screenshot of it. They actually said that they criticized other people who do Patreons don't rap the people who join There's in. There's a reason. Yeah, there might be. There's also a reason why this is already going, and I'm not on the thing, Eric. Where is it? 
Five, David Fink, Brian Trevitt, Dad Nation. Yeah, yeah. Eric K., you said 510 and it made me think like that was some sort of code, right? Like, yeah, end up that. Get your shit together. That's the code for meth users. May 10th, everybody. Jeffrey Greek, Z No Morph, Stephen Bat Dad Mitchell. I was trying to figure out how I could really say that wrong, but I tried. The Annihilator, Ted Probst. Actually, I don't have to try. I love Punchline, Stork, Michael, S. Camp, Matt Razor, Niels Keyword, David, Stephen Baum. I don't know what I'm doing. Jason Covey, <laughs> 242 to UMA, Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Scary Potter. And here's the thing Scary Potter going into November. It's like when you're there on October 31st and you trick or treat. November 1st, you're just begging for food, Eric. And that's what Scary Constantly. Potter's doing. Mark Jager. Oh, no. Eric is happy. <laughs> of course, it happened. Uh, uh, here we go, y'all. Put your hands up. Y'all. Mark Jaeger, y'all. To Bill Abir from the Bad Pod. Ruben, Carlos, Noah Marv, Matthew Rapier, Luke Hollywood, Simon Luis, Manship, Andrew Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Mark Robbins, Batman Beyond Mark. I don't know why that took me by surprise, sir. I don't know. <laughs> Emir, Brandy, Murray, and Double A Ron. Doxing his ass up there in Minnesota, as we always do, and give a shout out to all time great Reggie and Rob Lewis. You're no longer on the all time greats list, Eric. You joined me back here. Hooray, Lazarus. I end up when we're going to start this, I'm like, everything's free and clear. I got an sure open, is. clear mind. I'm ready to go. And then you get in here and you throw a monkey anything. wrench in the Didn't course. do anything. I came in all professional. 510. You're never. Oh, no. The meth users are going at it again. It's like every time Eric says 510, you have to do meth. The clowns, you say? Oh, my. Oh, no, Eric. I think that. Oh. (laughs) I was looking looking at the sound bar there, and I'm like, oh, crap. I don't have clowns. Oh, I didn't name it that, Eric. I didn't name it because you named it. Clown maker. Clown maker. But, yeah, I'm looking at clown sound. I don't know. That sounds pretty cool. Clown sound, right? Yeah, I listen to a lot of ICP as a that, kid. That's wordplay. Pretty cool, Jim. That's wordplay. ICP, like, my name is ICP, and I'm here to say I drink Fago almost every day. <laughs> there you go. ICP. But hey, everybody, we got a bunch of things, clown and we maker. actually have some clowns coming up. And, I, and we also have Joker the Man of Stop Laughing. Oh, my God, Eric. <laughs> That was a joke. That's wordplay. But we're going to go right now to some more wordplay. And the big book of the week, I would think, would be The Batmans coming out of God. The Mind Bomb. Oh, my God. Let's see what Chip Zdarsky has in store. Well, we're going to find that out. But also we have Shazam in this whole section. We'll get to that right about now.
my, that came in hot and heavy. I was yelling about how loud that was, and I didn't unmute my mic. Oh, my goodness. 510, everybody. Do your meth. It's the meth game. It is. Don't but do yeah, that. We, we have uh, Zornars in the house along with a bunch of other Zornars and the Jokers and a lot of other things this week. But we're going to start out with the old Batman. I'll just let everybody know that if you want to see written reviews for a bunch of these books each and every week, go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, where Sus Gabe goes wild, Eric. Did you oh, yeah. know that he goes wild? No it's limitations. like Hulkamania. It is. There are no limitations. There might be Dracula. Dracula's. We're here, and we are going to start out with the Batmans, and in particular, Eric Batman 139, written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Jorge Jimenez, Temo Moray, Clayton Coles, with a backup art by Jorge Corona. There's two stories here, and both are written by Chip Zdarsky. And coming out of the, well, night terrors, then going into the Gotham War, coming out of the Gotham War and getting to this, it kind of has changed. I don't know. It's it's kind of taken a weird Joker veering path here uh, as we start this out. And the one thing that I want to ask you, and I we talked about this a bit after our spotlight this week, the idea when we were just me and you talking, the idea where the three Jokers, like how many Jokers are there? Now we end up having the Joker book, and they keep referencing Justice League 50 when Batman found out about the three Jokers, never referencing the three Jokers Jokers. So it seems as if they are pushing that away and just going back to maybe the three Jokers. Well, it was kind of like a weird little continuity deal, but it did come out of something from Justice League 50. It feels like they're just saying like that didn't happen, that we're just going to go back. And if we end up repeating the story of the three Jokers, I think, well, that's kind of lame. But in this issue, I kind of get that Chip Zdarsky likes to repeat things because we're maybe setting up with the Joker involved, maybe a little Batman Incorporated type story that we have where, you know, Ghostmaker, not Clownmaker, that that is me. Ghostmaker ended up having all of his mentors and the people that trained him you know, get targeted and brought down. And that's what it seems like is happening here a bit. And it's just odd. It's just an odd play. Plus, just going heavy with the Joker, I don't know that that's a great play. At, at well, especially moment. in the idea that you're going to be doing the three Jokers, even though you've already done a book called Three Jokers, like you reiterated. But then also in The Man Who Stopped Laughing, the Joker book, you already have the two Jokers. So it's a, such a weird synergy that's going on here that's actually doing nobody any favors. And it's weird because... I love continuity in between books. If something happens, reference it, please. We're, it's so weird because I feel like we're referencing too much now and nobody knows what to do with it. So they're just saying, okay, this happened, but let's quickly get rid of this or move on to this idea over here because, like you said, it's all being repeated. Like, you know, the Chips and Darsky, he wrote Batman the Night, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. So, Batman yeah, he the- wants to reference his own yep. story in this. That makes sense. Put over in Batman Incorporated, we've already done that story. So, we're doing this again while also making references to other things that happened in the Gotham War, possibly stuff that happened before Night Terrors and stuff like that. But it doesn't feel like it's doing anything for the story itself. I'm like, you got me in a weird place. I'm like, I should be liking this, but it's, it's, it's doing things over again and not doing it properly. And I think that now, we're going to get to the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, you know, the finale at the end of this podcast, something that you kept hoping that you would like more and more. But the idea of it is, I think that if that book didn't exist, and I, and I wish it didn't, Eric, it drove me nuts every every month that we have to talk about. It, but just the idea of the landscape of things, 
When you end up having that book, we've had Joker now for the past year. Before that, we had the Tynan deal that ended up, you know, ending for that. Well, even Joker in the Jokers Incorporated and Batman Incorporated right after the whole story arc where they're going after the mentors of Ghostmaker. It feels like we're over Jokered. It's oversaturated. And if you didn't have those books and we had gone two years since we last saw the Joker or more, I think this might have hit better. Like, oh, my God, the joke. But in this, it feels like, I don't know, when you see the Joker show up in this, it starts to feel like, why is the Batman book so desperate to throw these things in? Because we talk about it. If, if Batman or the Joker shows up in any other book, that means they're trying to get sales. They're desperate. I understand that he's trying to do this story, but I just kind of like the thing with the Zornar stuff. The multiverse stuff, it was wacky, but let's deal with that. Let's go forward. Let's try to figure some things out. But once you add the Joker, it just feels like kind of a weird reset to then be just Batman Joker story. And well, even the one we're doing where the Joker's behind this new Zoran R bit, which I want to think it has to deal with Batman and the multiverse story. But it's also, it ends up just feeling like how his motives were in Death of the Family. It's like everybody's making you weak. We have to make you strong again, Batman. And I've said this since we ended up having Zoranar come out of the mind deal. That Zoranar, we know, he was there to protect Batman from mind attacks, like mind bullets going out of America. He'll get him away from those. But this Zoranar did feel, and I've said it each time, it feels like the Joker. It feels like, oh, you're weak, you're weak, you're weak. So when we get the Joker saying the same thing, do you get this play that, and I said to you, we might be getting like a weird deadly duo type feel that maybe the Joker and Batman or Zornar team up to try to take down the multiversal stuff. And maybe that would be cool. But again, it, it feels like a story that we already had. And I just don't get it. But at the beginning, I do like two things, right? I like that you're going to get some detective work. But I also like that Batman seems to think he has to dress up like maybe a Jim Gordon Alfred combo. Mr. Belvedere. And that sweet old lady thinks that that's a young guy there. <laughs> I'm like, she must be 300. I, I mean, holy moly. Stay off that drugs there, young man. Young man, look at this guy. But he goes in and he has a new apartment. This stuff comes out of the Gotham War and all that. That's pretty cool. Which is crazy because we're doing this whole thing where Batman is separated from the Bat family at this point in time. He doesn't want to go back to the Brownstone because he thinks he's compromised with the rest of the family if they try to stop him. So he has his own separate apartment doing Zor and R things off the grid, going back to basics as Batman by himself. Problem is, when we got ended the Gotham War, we had, what was it, Teddy? Went in there, it's like, oh my God, Bruce Wayne is Batman. So now we'll have to see what goes on with that. And there's a lot of things spinning around here, but I don't know, when I, when I read this, like everything like Batman in this apartment, and then he's going to do it, just, it didn't feel fresh. It, it didn't feel like, it didn't have a spark to me because of what we came out of then into this. It's okay. He's got it a It feels like a, a Rick Grayson Batman. Yeah. It's, he has a heck of a, you know, rape wall over there on the side, right? Well, Eric, nobody calls thing. it a rape wall. Holy moly. He actually has two walls that the yard's going back and forth. Like, that's crazy as shit. I'm telling you, though, when you when you have a map of different things with yarn connected, nobody associates that with rape. Oh, well, serial killer then, or a couple of that. Okay. I didn't mean he's doing He's trying to find the guys, you know, getting all the yarn and stuff. The so rape wall. In the meantime, this one lady did get attacked, and when she ended up screaming and people were aware, yeah, that play, everybody's afraid of the Batmans because he's getting too crazy, right? I just want to know where anybody's like, yeah, you know, remember when we were all supposed to be afraid of all these guys after that Night Terrors bullshit? Like, it, what happened with that? Nobody's afraid of anybody, but Insomnia he's afraid failed. of Batman. Yeah, I guess he did. 
They all went back to sleep. They all realized it was just one night. Yeah, well, they go. It, really, when you have that night, Terrence, you go to bed the next day, don't have the nightmares, then you forget about it. It actually is, it, it works out. Uh, but yeah, there's Batman, and he he's trying to figure out some things, and you see right away, like, and it did kind of surprise me when he says, "Now I can get down to the real work, figuring out with all these three jokers." I'm like, what? Like, I thought there was other things that were going on here. Besides, you know, just throwing in the Joker stuff, especially trying to figure out Zoran R or what's going on. But it does also look like, did he get a, a, his hand back or is that just that he's like flesh colored? As soon as you're going to like get done saying what you're going to say there, I'm just looking through the book and I'm like, he has two hands. What is yeah. up with that? Yeah. Why are we know. not dealing with the robot hand anymore? Because that part was interesting. Is it just a, an art like problem? Because later on, he will use the hand like, you know, as a robotic hand and say like he's going to use that to stop the guy coming after him. But here, when he's just Bruce Wayne in his apartment, he has two Caucasian colored hands. Maybe he just ended up painting it so it looks better. He got all weirded out, right? So he died. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. You end up, so that's going on, and everything kind of just like pushes forward. And I do like some of the scenes, like how they're set up and the idea that he goes, but I can't really tell you. He goes into this one murder scene. He ends up hearing, and the one play is it's a 720, Eric. It's not a 510. It's a 720. That's Joker. You explain the situation of this murder mystery with the Joker's leaving clues for Batman. I'm like, look, I am not the world's greatest detective. I thank God that Batman wouldn't describe it and actually got to the bottom of it because you just say these words in front of me like, okay, there's a guy who's hung up against his fireplace, spread out like a bat, and on the ground in front of him are a bunch of bats pinned to the carpet. And there's an end in front of it, which means it has to be a map. Okay, so if I line this up, oh my God, this part behind him, that would be where Francis. Oh my God, one of my mentors. Francis, I'm like, what? And that was what I was going to say. I'm glad you said it. What happens is he ends up hearing 720. That's actually for heroin, Eric. So just remember, 510 meth, 720 no. heroin. No. So no. you end up here 720. Oh, man, they even have a code for the Joker. So he's on the deal. And when he gets there, again, I said, I like the setup that he's going to do detective work. My next line was going to be, I don't know what the hell he's saying or doing. At one point when you said, Oh, that means France. I'm like, does it? Because I must be dumb. And I, I really was worried, kind of, because, you know, I'm worried about being a dummy, Eric. I uh-huh. worry all the time. I that when I ended up, I was going to say, I don't understand a lick of what's going on here and what he's saying. And you were going to say, oh, you idiot. You know, the N is there because that's naturally this. And then France is there and whatever. And I'm like, I, I had no idea. But the play is here. It, it's kind of the, the weird play. You end up, Batman looks like he's doing detective work, right? He's there doing his thing. But really, I can't figure out. So it just ends up like when we get the rush through of I figured this out, boom, because I don't really know what he's saying. And then it it leads to you, Batman. For some reason, you and the Joker are just playing a different level than me as a reader because (laughs) you figured out we got to where we need to go. Thank you. But honestly, it just it felt like, I don't know, too convoluted. I don't know. Like, you want that shit from people like the Riddler and stuff because you want to have some kind of big mystery to show how smart the villains are and how Batman can overcome this. It just, for some reason, I'm like, all right, can we get to where we need to go now because you're losing me in all of this. Yeah, I mean, really, where is the, oh, my God, that's an ocean sea Catwoman. I mean, then I'm in, Eric. Then I realize I am smart. But it ends up like that shadow in France. Oh, my God, it must be my mentor. But and it's just local, weird. national. The bat positions are familiar. And the idea that the bat positions are familiar, too, is just crazy. It must, it, it most lined up to global cities. My God, 
These are places I've visited when I was young, traveling the world, gaining skills from mentors. If this is the Joker, how would he even know? The shadow was covering a gray painted shadow. Why? What's the significance? The light source. It's where Paris should be, the city of lights. Holy shit, my mentor. I'm like, what the hell? And then I love the play because really, if you haven't read The, the Night, you're, you're screwed. Because yeah. then I didn't even remember. I'm like, he's like, oh, my God, it must she be She was that older lady who was the burglar who got me into cat burglars when I was real young. I kind of got it. But then when he said I, I lost it again, but then realized what he's saying. He's like, oh, Joker must have grabbed her because Catwoman is presumed dead. I'm like. All right, is he going after mentors? He's just going after your lady loves because we did like when that Lucy showed up and we said, Oh, that's where he got the first part of yeah. the, the catwoman. But in this, the idea of, Oh my God, the Joker has her. I don't know how he got that. I have no idea. And then it leads to this poor guy's mansion. Well, it's, a, it's, it's not even that. It's so funny because this is the guy's place, as far as I know, Wilfred Lowmuller. Uh, and the idea is he is the the heir to the Play East Toys fortune, yeah. okay, who was all set up by his grandma, who had a gigantic doll company, giant toy company, and she became a recluse who just had a house of dolls, a gigantic doll house. So she became some kind of yeah. like horror icon for why, what the hell was that movie called? Where, uh, well, don't, I can't even, I think Don't Breathe or something like that. But, um, oh. You pretty much have the idea that Joker then has to leave clues on a baby doll that's at the murder scene that says grandma on the eyes. Honestly, if you have an old crazy woman who has a gigantic dollhouse in Gotham, the creepiest thing you think of, especially when you go into this place, I don't think you need to leave that clue. This is the next step that you would go to for the freaking heir to the play well, East Toys, that, the person who created it. That would be it. the deal. I mean, especially because the way that plays. So you get these real obscure things that Batman figures out, but then still at the end, he needs to have grandma on grandma. the eyes of a doll even though like you said you have this dollhouse deal and you get this you know narration hey i'm going in here this was the major a gigantic haunted mansion <laughs> yeah and she didn't like to you know go about she's recently deceased obviously they haven't gathered up the dolls yet they're all there and so when he goes in the joker is like yelling from a distance and then he gets attacked. He gets attacked by a couple of dolls. The one he thinks shoots out acid, but it's not. It's actually like a, you know, like a petrol. Eric, like a and gasoline? Yeah, like a gasoline. A but it's petrol? purple. It's purple. I don't know. Maybe that's diesel. You end up where then he gets caught on fire. He actually gets away from that. Then a big baby attacks him. I was like, whoa, what's this big baby? And then you end up seeing that it is a guy, one of Joker's Shannon. deal. But boy, look how big Big Baby is compared to Batman. When Batman's kicking Big Baby. It's because he has a gigantic baby Big Baby's head. huge. But again, you have that huge head, but the thing's like nine foot tall. I mean, it does he have stilts on? But then you end up, oh, and he thinks it's a Joker, but it's not. It's this guy, Floyd Shannon. Like you said that, uh, hey, the Joker was mad that I ended up ditching him, and here I'm back, and I'm in well, there. I'm on top of all this, though, the the big thing is going into this. Like, obviously, Batman, with the Zero and R influence that he has right now, he needs to get back to basics, and he needs to find the Joker once and for all to stop this, because the Joker's out and about murdering people left and right, and the Zero and R of the brain cannot let this stand. But when he goes to that murder scene, essentially, to find out where the Joker is, the clues that the Joker left for him, he realizes, holy shit, how could the Joker know who my mentors were and where I traveled to train to be the Batman? That's the crazy part of the whole story. And that's what really drives us forward with the idea of like, holy shit, what's going on right now? This is a bigger mystery on our hands that we have to get to the bottom of. I, I agree. I think that it might be lost on some people. But even before that, I think that that's what kind of gets me here where it feels like this is out of nowhere a bit. Not just because this Batman run hasn't really had Joker in it, but the things that Joker has been in. 
like the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Yeah, he's doing stuff and he's, you know, causing things, but that's more for jokes. And then when you get into this and it's the, oh my God, Joker's been killing everybody recently. I'm like, okay, I, I get it. It's the Joker, but it's just, how do you justify this? With the, when we get to the end of the podcast, we talk about the Joker, the man who stopped laughing, with the way that the one and only true Joker that we have left looks. Like, is this another one of the three Jokers that we have going on here that's outside of that storyline? Because that guy ended up looking like Titan Joker at the end of Arkham Asylum. It did. Now, in that, I would guess that they're like, well, got rid of the, the Matthew the, uh, Rosenberg's Venom. book's bullshit, so let's get rid I don't know. And that's, again, that's where it gets a little convoluted in my head and doesn't really match up not that i'm saying like oh we should have had him flying on a blimp because that's how that ended or i'm saying that the joker in that matthew rosemar book is kind of you kind of set that aside it's it's this little jokey book it's doing its story whatever but then when you get to this it's like man that joker is killing everybody that's the i like when batman declares that's the last one yeah i'm like i don't think that but as a batman it's like really yeah, talking a lot of shit right there like you're last you're oh no these paintings i you really want to know years. where you end up having like joker sits down he's like okay i want you to do these sketch painting like the idea that you have these things going on but it's, it's kind of cool and that's well, these paintings of his former mentors that are on the wall it's like the thing they're still shots this photo is framed up think that i'm thinking they're like oil paintings he's there at like a you know some sort of i don't know do they do oil paintings at the malls nowadays they did back the in malls. the malls yeah the malls isn't that like the glamour shots don't they do the paintings i'm an old man eric we used to have to sit for paintings. I don't want to get those caricatures. No, there's aren't the paintings, thing. Jim. I'm on the roller skates. Jimmy, you yeah. like the roller skates. The thing is, I could have gone to the glamour shots that they took the pictures, but I don't want them to steal my soul, Eric. So Batman hears this thing. And I, again, where there's some neat little things at one point where he like, you know, lassos the, the, the ceiling and pulls it down to jump up. But even so, he ends up hearing Lucy's voice. He ends up hearing the Joker. He goes up. We got TV guy there in bed and realizes, oh, they're not here. This might have been taped. Is it live? I don't know. And it doesn't matter because Lucy got away in the end. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. And that's kind of the weird play in this whole issue. The gray shadow. Not much matters in my mind. It, it's- it doesn't matter. Like you said, it's well, the thing is, but- we need to get to the zero in our part and what the Joker knows, not only about Bruce Wayne, because we always like to think the idea that Bruce, like Joker knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. He doesn't that's care about I that. I think people might lose the, this. That's not uh, the interesting yeah. part to Batman in his mind. He wants Batman. He doesn't care about Bruce Wayne. He might use Bruce Wayne's idea of him to try to get the Batman's mind like he does here. Like, this is where your parents died, Brucey. This is where the Robin died. This is where Alfred died. This is where Catwoman died. Oh, you're all alone. Everybody comes near you. They all die. You should get rid of your family because everybody's going to die. You have these things here. But the idea of what Joker knows about Zuran R and what he's going to do with that going forward, like, and the idea of the mentors, like, how how much does the Joker know at this yeah, point? Because he does knows he things know? more than yeah. anybody else. Well, he does, and that's where I think that people, and I saw some people reacting to this, and like you said, for the most part, Joker knows Bruce Wayne's Batman. The reason why yeah. it doesn't come up a ton is because he doesn't really he doesn't care to deal with that. Yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't want anybody else to know either. So it's just kind of there. But I don't know that that many people know that. So when they go in this, the big play is how would he know the mentors, even though if he really even looked into it, Even if he looked in, the Zoranar part's odd. But you also had that in the Gotham War where out of nowhere, Dick Grayson would just be like, I know Zoranar's in there when nothing was ever said. And I didn't know why he would actually do that. So I'm worried that that's just kind of the thing. But the idea of the mentors, he could have figured out. But most people I saw were like, Oh man, this is crazy. Joker knows who Bruce Wayne, Batman, and that. And I'm like, 
He always does for the most part. So when well, he has Zernar this, stuff, if you're worried about Dick Grayson, let's just say that Bruce never told them about Zernar when he was doing that the whole thing, even when RIP happened and Zernar came out. But they would all know after failsafes oh, like, took over the city and stuff like that. They would all discover what happened and why. Yeah, but I don't know because failsafe just showed up because he killed the, the penguin and the penguin but who built failsafe is Zernar. But that's the deal. But I don't think he ever would have told them that. I, it, it's a weird play. Like, maybe he did. Box. I mean, the idea of them saying like, oh, my God, failsafe, that's something that was set up in case Bruce Wayne went too far. You would think that Bruce might have done that as well. And when Tim he Drake figured knew about out, that. It was Zoran R. Then you go with it. It's just a weird play here because, like I said, everybody just suddenly was saying to Bruce. I know Zornar's in there. I know Zornar. And it, it felt a little forced here. So I hope that is the big mystery. Not just how did he find out the mentors. The, the Zornar part's the big part. And so exactly. the thing about the Joker that I like about this, and I, I don't love this issue. I, I like the art and all that. But Joker would like Zornar. Zornar is the it's Batman. The that, form that's of Batman, what yeah. he wants. But Zornar will kill the Joker. So that's well, a that's really the thing, cool and thing. That the Zoran R would kill the Joker because Zoran R is the purest form of Batman. He's a more brutal Batman for how he goes about his tactics. But I don't know if the idea, like, maybe I'm just not remembering it right from when R.I.P. happened. But I still don't think the Zoran R should be Batman. killing people because even the idea of that is like Zoran R set up a failsafe. If Batman ever crossed the line of killed somebody, because that's not what Batman would do. So that's not like he's he's Batman, the purest form, and Batman doesn't kill people. Well, here's the weird play. I, I think that Chip Starsky has kind of lost track of what Zornar really is. Zornar was so that he didn't get mind control. Yeah. And now all of a sudden Zornar is talking crazy. Now, hopefully it'll be explained in a way that you go with. And he's being more violent. Yes. But like you said in this, he's like, I'm going to kill that Joker. That feels weird. Like he's been corrupted or it's a different type of deal. But like, does it all go back to that multiversal story when the Joker of that world without a Batman well, is doing what stuff you throughout think, the multiverse, creating Jokers, and we had the Zuran R throughout the multiverse of that whole thing? Because none of that made sense to me. But with that whole idea of what that Joker was doing of that world, did he get corrupted? Was there something that happened to everybody's mind throughout the multiverse? Including the maybe the, the Jokers. Jokers. And now he's because that, like we keep saying here, Zuran R this isn't really what Zorno was made to do, but maybe because this failsafe was activated and then you get these weird things and now it just has time on its hands and it wants to do stuff. But Zornar wants to keep Batman from being taken over yet. He's taking over Batman. And the only thing I can think of, because here, get this, uh, if I ended up, Hey, Chip Zdarsky, why would he be all upset like this? Zornar, what would he do? Because Joker, like this isn't a, mind. Oh, he's always fucking with his mind. All right. That works. Like, I can see the idea of Zuranar. He's the contingency in case Bruce ever loses his mind with a personality who would come out and continue to be the Batman where Bruce Wayne couldn't be. This is what he is. But what if over all that time through his subconscious, Zuranar wanted to be more and thought that he could be more? He's along the lines of the joke where the Batman should be doing better with, like without his soldiers. And it's because like, they should have soldiers and not family. But that's not how Bruce Wayne sees it. So maybe at this point in time, Zuranar does one out of the box. I, I like that. But so I, hope I. That, I hope we see more of that because what but, we're getting so far, because we've had some, some issues here and all it is is more violent. I'm going to kill that. That's not giving me that character work because really giving character work to a Zoran R would be great. I mean, that would Agreed. be a really cool deal. And it could, like you said, be that play of Batman. He's getting old. He's kind of getting towards the idea of wanting to like, hey, I want to retire. Well, what does Zoran R think of that? Because that is kind of killing Batman. But also the idea of what am I going to do then if, if you're not Batman? So I hope we get more 
we get to the worst part of this whole thing. Because when Batman does confront the Joker and the Joker talks about how I want Zuranar out and it seems like he somehow gassed the Batman to the point where Zuranar is able to leave and put Batman in the, ho- the box himself of the mind and Zuranar comes out and the Batman that's inside his subconscious now that like Zuranar's taken over his body is then confronted with Zuranar's throughout the multiverse talking about we are the ones that are in control. This is the worst part of that multiversal arc that Chip Zorowski did because it was just hey here's some fan stuff like here's Michael Keaton Zuranar here's Batman 66 Zuranar and yeah you have that again Again, here of the mind and like at the end of the multiversal story, I don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> I know it almost. But again, maybe and like I said, this Zoran art does not feel right. Chip Zdarsky's playing, but I said it all along. We talked about it last week. I think the idea where Chip Zdarsky is not quite new to DC, but he is still. And we ended up when Bendis came. We didn't know is this him telling a story that's unique or is he messing something up. If you end up showing that not even just the Joker knowing things because of the multiversal deal, but all this multiversal stuff with the Zornars has activated the Zornars themselves to actually kind of step up and now they're the vi- Okay, but you got to get to that. I need to see some things, not just what seems to be wow moments. Let's go find the Joker in an extended scene to then find out that Lucy escaped. I mean, really, that that's a lot of this. And then they confront it. It's kind of cool, whatever. And I don't mind the dialogue. We get the Batman confronting the Joker in a creepy, haunted, as far as I'm concerned, haunted dollhouse. It's a great setting. It's a great backdrop to this whole thing. And it has some intriguing aspects, but it doesn't go it all doesn't the way really to say, oh, man, much, I can't though. wait what happens next. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think that at this, this point, wacky. a lot of people are more confused than excited. But that's yeah. fine. If it ends up paying off, but really, Agreed. like I said, you do have a creepy, crazy house. It's great Joker. Like the idea that Joker could go around and find places to be. This is pretty much a crazy ass place to be. And even when you look at all the dolls he's made of all, you see the Gordon there and <laughs> you got the signal. I know that we have a lot of going on in Gotham over the past few months, you know, even in like continuity timeline. So Batman hasn't been able to do, you know, all the due diligence he might have to. But when you have a matriarch of a for- like a doll making fortunes mansion who dies. I'm just saying you put like a back camera on that because one of your rogues is going to take this place over, especially because it's full of fucking creepy ass dolls. This is amusement mile in a house form. This is- you just put a camera on here because somebody's going to use this as a as a playground. Yeah, you didn't realize, Eric. Autopsy fear toxin. It was you're going to have like a check how Mixed she with died. A Joker toxin. Yeah, well, find out how she died because I think everybody would have had eyes on this place. I mean, it's fully set up to just go nuts I'm here. Telling you, even the idea of, like, Professor Pick with the Dolatrons. Like, he's, he's oh, setting yeah. up shop here. Yeah, really. There's a bunch. Toymaker, he's over here. They're all doing their nonsense. And so all of that going down, you're doing all this stuff. Go, Clownmaker? You end up all this stuff happening. Well, you remember Dollmaker who cut off the Joker's face before, right? Yeah. There's just so many people that could set up shop here besides the Joker. He probably walked to this place and he's like, yeah, it's too on the money. He's a little more <laughs> subtle, Eric. It's a little, it's like, I'm not surface level asshole like that. But yeah, at the end, when you're going and, okay, Zoranar coming to the forefront. And I like it. It really feels a lot like Barbados and the asthma in the detective comics, though. But when Zoranar says, screw it, you sit here cowering. I'm going to take care of this. And he starts to fight the Joker. You really do have like a, a pretty cool buildup. I'm like, oh my God, oh my. And then you get to the end of it. It's the stupid Batman Zord Rs of the multiverse. I'm like, ah, oh, now I'm confused again because I like what we were heading to. But yeah, we'll see. Too. We'll see what it all means. But then we have a backup 
and the backup is pretty much just what we're going to get hey, a couple times Bam, this week, right? Bam oh. Savage is alive after the Gotham War, but the problem is after that meteorite came down, he touched it. He said the, the power, it feels different this time than exploded. We didn't know what happened to a Vandal Savage. Well, apparently his boiled, covered ass made his way back to Wayne Manor, which he now owns, and then healed up because, man, his power is rejuvenated. But because of the meteor coming down and blowing up into a Lazarus pool that's now in the depths of Gotham, he's somehow connected to Gotham. He's not allowed to leave because even though his power is back, he's immortal once again and cannot die. If he leaves the city limits, he, he loses his power. So it's time to set up shop in Gotham. And that's a very basic backup story, but it lets you know what's going on with Vandal Savage. And it does intrigue me to the point where if we do have Vandal Savage, who is now strictly tied to Gotham, it's kind of cool because then you will have almost a Lex Luthor-esque villain in Gotham for Batman to have who could set up like corporations and stuff. Because even like when we had he Underworld Unleashed. He could have done Unleashed, that before, though. I mean, he it's, could have it's done that. It's just play. During you know? Underworld Unleashed in the 90s, during the Ray book, like uh, there, like Vandal Savage had his own company and stuff that the Ray ended up working for. He was like – he knew who Neron was and was doing all this back alley deals. Like I don't want to have any parts of you really, but – this guy, the idea that this this man who's been alive forever and all, all the wealth that he's collected, he should have these corporations. I thought I thought back to that. I thought oh, this could be cool for Gotham and like you know Bruce Wayne got Batman as a whole. Here's my player. We we did this stupid Gotham war. Ended with a thud. You end up where then the Catwoman. Oh my God, she oh she's not dead. Oh Jason Tully said ah oh, he's not dead. Oh but his mind control later on. We'll talk about that. And then you get this. I mean we're only weeks away. And uh, by the way, Vandal Savage, he survived too. Like, you have already wiped out everything that really was big in the, but you know, have a little Lazarus bit. Pit well, we Gotham. do. But you even said, what does that do and why do we need it? But you end up having Vandal Savage. At one point, he's riding, you know, on that horse like he's Fabio. I didn't mind that. He wakes up nude. Uh, yeah. Covered in boils, but he so heals. So I'm going to ask you, like, the idea, like, it's weird, too. At first, he didn't look like he had any boils. Then all of a sudden, he did. I'm like, oh, okay. But when you're going through this, like, what do people think just happened in Gotham? Like, what is the idea of the normal... Eric Shea and Jim Werner. Well, that's the Gotham. thing. Is, look, what is I got to go to work. There's a meteor that came down on the top of the hill at the observatory that then blowed up and has like you know some Lazarus Ford weekend down there. I still got work to do. I ain't got time to worry about that shit. It's not in my area. Was anybody? Well, Black Pink might be. You end up where all that. Were there like cameras on Vandal Savage going around slicing and dicing people? Like everything seems to be pushed aside to just say. Okay, it, it happens. I said night terrors. Everybody's afraid of the Justice League and all the heroes. No, they're not. It didn't work. Now we have this and like, oh, well, I'm stuck here at Gotham. Back to the mansion. Like even the idea that people might be like a Batman. Well, I got to keep tabs to see if Vandal Savage actually did survive or didn't. All he has to do is wait in the at the manor. All he has to do is wait in the field and look because he goes right back there. And he's like, yep, back to business as if. But we got Joker to worry about. Doesn't matter. And yeah, then you have the Joker he's worrying about because three Jokers, Jim. The Riddler told him. Two seconds after that damn meteor hit, everybody forgot about all the shit and went on their own business like they're doing. It's it's just odd. It's just, again, coupled with the idea in this issue reminding everybody, ooh, the Joker thought that maybe Selena died, but she's not. Hey, by the way, Vandal well, Savage, point, he everybody thinks that Selena died. Well, except for Batman. Again, I wish that we thought that until you know we got something big. Vandal Savage, you might have been able to like 
It's like we talked about before at the end of the Gotham War. Like we re- we referenced the idea when Tim Drake died and James Tynan's detective, where it's like, oh my god, he died. You turn the page, oh no, he's alive in a freaking prison in a pocket universe. Well, you could have let that go for a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, you could have let it go. I mean, I know that everybody was real worried if Vandal Savage survived, but <laughs> there he and we knew he would. But well, that's the thing is, we've seen Vandal Savage die when freaking like Lex took that totality piece and beat him over the head with it, and then he came back because he he, he just came back. Again, and this is a thing. I was going to make a video at one point. I never did. Maybe I will. Maybe I will, Eric. But it's the idea of does death in comics mean anything? And I'm not saying the idea do people come back. I'm saying does it ever mean anything? Because they end up bringing them back too soon. People now. in comics don't think Like so the anymore. idea where you talk about when a Barry Allen died. He was dead for almost your whole like childhood. Almost, it's my entire childhood. Like even in my 20s. That means something. None of this means anything when you can't even wait. Mainly, you can't even wait till an issue finishes because it seems like DC's so afraid that people are going to get upset or something. But that's how you set up stories. The idea that Vandal Savage comes back, to me, it would have been way better that, yeah, he's back. We don't know it. And shit starts happening. I wonder what that is. How is that happening? And then we find out, you know, six months from now, oh, shit, Vandal Savage survived and has been pulling the strings like Alex Luther, but from behind the scenes. But instead, you see him. Riding a horse like Fabio, and then the big play is he's connected to Gotham. What does that really do? I know you say it's cool, but what does it do? I, I mean, I the guy bought a I mansion. Think it could be cool. He bought a house. He bought the mansion where the Batcave is underneath. I don't think he was leaving anyway. He's there, and now it's like, oh, I can't leave now. Really? Look, I think he actually planned on leaving before he told he couldn't leave. <laughs> well, he did. He went all. He was riding a horse all over the place. But why? Why is this like? Oh, well, he's got his ass I like that he's like. Oh, well, I might as well go back to that multi-million dollar mansion that I have and take a shower and get dressed up. And it looks like it's time for work. And honestly, I don't think he cares about Gotham because I think he was only here just to get his power back and move on. There's one reason I think that he's here and stuck in Gotham because you're, you're setting up the big, I mean, his big feud is with Raish. And Raish is back somewhat. He's been in books. Somewhat, yeah. And when he shows up, you know Raish has a heart on for Gotham and... There is a Lazarus pit there. I mean, he they're going to have to have a turf war here. The it's going to be East Coast, West Coast Immortals. You're going to have it. You finally get it. The War for the Immortals, Eric. But yeah, hey. that's why I think he's there to set up a, you know, deal. Or maybe he makes a deal with Raish and they set up. It is kind of a funny play, like almost like the Arkham Manor when they turn Bruce Wayne's Manor into oh, yeah, the Arkham Asylum. Now it's just going to be like. The League of Shadows headquarters or something? I mean, Vandal was trying well, to start right, his How about this? We have Vandal Savage in the back of this. I don't know what that means for the rest of the Batman book for the story that we're telling currently. But do you think that Ra's al Ghul shows up here for first? Or do you think he shows up a detective first to take on Prince Ars and explain why he killed his daddy? Well, I don't know. I think it would be here now because it would make sense in Detective. But I don't know. It's easier, I think, to explain it here because now Vandal and that whole thing of the meteorite pieces coming together. I don't know. I don't know, but we'll have to see. And I still think that maybe Chip Zdarsky or other people don't realize that Raish has kind of come back already, and they'll try to... I don't think most people realize that. So you end up, and even in Lazarus Planet, he was around, and even before that, so you end up where what's going on, we'll see, but I don't know. At the end, I'm like, all right, Vandal's stuck in Gotham, and we have a bunch of multiversal Zoran R's. We'll have to see what's going on. It's intriguing. But I don't know if it's satisfying here. You know what I mean? It's setting up oh, some totally. things that might play off. What would you give it? 
Ultimately, I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. I think the art is strong throughout. There's a lot of intriguing things to it. But by the end, we just get back to the worst part of the story that we had before Night Terrors that I hated. I'm like, can we please get to something that's coherent and just not off the wall kind of like multiversal Zeran R of the mind? Because I didn't know what it meant before. I don't know what it means here. And even the idea, like, I feel like we spent too long with the Batman finding Joker. Yes, you want to see Batman be the world's greatest detective. But it feels like it went on a little bit too long, even though I ended up enjoying the backdrop and where we got to with the Joker and the intrigue of him knowing as much as he does. I want to see where that goes. But it just took too long to come to a corny kind of ending. And I don't mind the Vamba Savage backup overall. It's just, what are we going to do with that? Yeah, what's going to come from that? What's going to happen? It might only just be kind of like, hey, this is a quick epilogue to what happened so we know he's alive and maybe we don't see anything for a while there. About, Maybe. but I don't know. We'll have to it's see. What's Mind bomb, Jim. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm six out of ten, so a little bit less than you. But I did like the art, liked it in both stories, and like I said, intrigued, but not exactly satisfied in the here and now. But we'll move on to the next book. Remember, everybody, Eric hates fun. What are we talking about, Eric? Captain Marvel <laughs> is one of my favorite heroes of all time. Oh, what do you want from me here? The Captain. <laughs> Shazam, number five, written by Mark Wade with art by Dan Mora, Alejandro Sanchez, and Troy Pateri. So here we are, everybody. We have a great story where Mary Marble comes to save the day because Billy Batson is flying in space, di- dying because he can't say the word because you can't scream in space, Jim. Nobody can hear you scream. Nobody can hear you say Shazam. So she has to go and save him from the Queen Bee and the Gargulax. So what you have going on here is a fun story where Billy should be better here because Mary Marvel does a thing in this. It just, look, I'm having a problem with the story overall just for what, how the gods are interacting with Billy Bats and Captain Marvel because it doesn't work for me. They're able to control the entire body of him, even though this, this power is made up of different aspects of their power, not just, it doesn't work for me the way this works. But when you have Mary Marvel, like, oh my God, Billy, he's not waking up. What? I guess he was in space too damn long and he's dying right now. What can I do? Hey, goddesses who give me my power, this isn't for you right now. This is for Zeus up there, if you're listening. Shazam! And Zeus is waiting because he needs to have the Shazam magic word said before he can throw a lightning bolt. He I don't even like the idea. A little, even but... the idea that it seems like sh- every time that Billy says Shazam, Zeus has to be ready with a goddamn lightning bolt. Mother's me. What happened when he was dead, Eric? What happened then? Exactly. What happened with everything? It just, look, you call upon the power of Zeus. That uh, creates lightning. It's just, when you have Zeus waiting with a lightning bolt, ready to throw it to give the champion their power, and it's Mary Marvel fudging things by saying, Goddess is giving my power. Don't send a lightning bolt here. Hey, Zeus, listen here. Shazam. And then quickly gets out of the way as like Zeus throws the lightning bolt and gives Billy his power back. I'm like, all right. Because even the idea, we have to we have to save the I moon. knew this we, would drive you nuts. We, ha- we have of the Emperor of the Moon, Gargulax. We have Queen Bee. And we have a bunch of guerrilla soldiers trying to get a warp drive from them from the moon so they can... They can conquer other civilizations across the galaxy. This is a lot going on, but none of it feels like an actual threat to what we have going on in the background, which we just keep, you know, piddle-paddling around with and not really getting to it all until the end of this issue. So even when you have some fun Captain Marvel and Mary Marvel adventures going on here with action-packed stuff where you're taking on gorillas and space emperors oh, and alien insect it queens, yeah. it works and it looks great because Dan Moore oh, is drawing the hell out of this. But what is it doing for the Captain Marvel overall and what's going on with the character? Because he's been in, like, you know, this weird purgatory where he's been there in DC Comics since, you know, the New 52. But he's been so relegated to the background where he couldn't even get a name until the series. Mm. Well, I'm, I like it a little more than you, but I do want to remind you, and I hope you do remember. But at one point, I talked to you and I talked to a lot of people in the Slack chat and things like that. 
about the idea when they said, oh, my God, Dan Moore and Mark Wade, they are going to be writing Shazam. This is going to be great. I hope it's as good as World's Finest, you know, Batman Superman deal. And I said, I don't hope it's like that because that is a fun book that really is inconsequential overall. They're kind of like out of time stories, Silver Age stuff. I need something a little more hard hitting for Shazam because of all the crap that's been going on. And people made fun of me. I felt I felt being bullied by people when that happened because they're like, you're crazy. That would be awesome. That'd be awesome. I'm like, no, you need some substance to the things. Now, again, I like this more. And by the end, I see he's trying to get something going on maybe with the Shazam League getting back. But in this, you do have a very silver age. Hey, we have apes in space. We have an insect. Yeah, I'm telling you, Mark Wade is trying to call upon classic Captain Marvel with the silly fun that that character would always have back in the day. It just doesn't work as well anymore, especially for the lack of the character we've had so far. If you are just tuning in and you're like, but this is the one book. Maybe you just get this book. Maybe you get Shazam. Maybe you also get World's Finest. Maybe you do that. I love Captain Marvel. Eric, especially... You want more from the books than just a fun little hoot with dinosaur lawyers. You want these things oh to me God. because if you haven't been reading oh the Shazam stuff, and, and Eric said he's a huge Captain Marvel Shazam fan, almost every series we get, and I'm including the Jeff Johns deal, I'm including the Tim Sheridan mini. How the hell was the Jeff Johns one so disappointing all in the kicked end? kicked in, in the balls to you. They always end up where you're so excited for these. And then when they come about, because you want things to be fixed, you want things to mean something to actually treat Billy and Shazam as the character he should be. This is one of the best characters in DC or comics overall. And yeah, it's fun, but you need a little more. And I'm starting to get there of the idea. I'm still having fun, but I'm starting to get to that point of, okay, we've we've had fun with the dinosaur lawyer. Let's get to something. I really just want the Shazam back. It seems like you might. But at the end, you, you throw in the Freddy deal. But in the meantime, I still had fun with this issue. But once you start the fight between Insect Queen B, Queen B, I say Gargax, but Gargulax, when they start fighting, it just kind of just keeps going. There's not really anything. The idea when you have this because you have Mercury now taking over the body of Shazam. So he's now being like an asshole to the whole thing. And even to the point where Mary is like, Hey, you don't seem like you're acting yourself, Billy. What's going on? Is somebody taking over you to the point where all the gods on the record are like, oh, no, she's on to us, guys. Are you <laughs> thinking of something right now? Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, crap. But even when you're doing that, like, you're in the middle of a big thing. Billy almost died. And the art when he's actually, like, freezing in the oh, void yeah. of space is Looks so great. good. You fudge a little with Mary, but this book fudges things a bit with the Shazam. Hey, everybody, don't listen. Boom. And like, it's I, I, still need, I still need to know what's going on with the wizard because I don't even feel like I understand from Jeff John's run why the wizard is even back. Because the wizard died and then he came back and like, you know, oh, I'm just back. And I'm mad that he was pissed off for the revenge of the gods. I'm like, I just uh, and like, what, what's the wizard up to right now to the point where the Rock of Eternity is just taken over by He's the gods? Have, still, right? have just saying. like, you know, lent the powers and like. It just feels weird where the idea that we've actually nerfed Billy to the point where Mary Marvel and her own goddesses have just become the mainstay because you don't have to worry about that. It's not connected to the wizard at all. It's just it's this whole thing outside of itself. I think that the play here, there's a couple things that have happened this week, and this is, you know, continuing. But the idea of saying, okay, well, the, the champions, the heroes, the gods that end up giving the power to Billy, to Shazam, 
You end up where they are mad that Billy isn't really playing the role well. Nobody's well, that, worshiping him, but the then they is, tie it around. But this is where I'm saying I think that maybe he thinks it's it sounds cool on paper. Well, what they'll do is have a contest to see who could do what, but they're only doing their things, and then you get the trickster or well, hey, you're, you, you, you're you, a horn dog. It doesn't work out. You have the mightiest mortal right now, the champion picked by the Wizard Shazam to be the rep, like you know. To be the protector of the mortal realm, essentially, given the powers by these gods and champions. And they keep calling all these people gods, which kind of bothers me in this I as know, well. that's why I always try to say gods and heroes. Exactly. But when you have the idea, like, for some reason, the the gods and champions now, like, the only reason we have Billy give, like, you know, with our powers is because he's supposed to be there so people worship us. I'm like, how does anybody supposed to know what Billy's powers are? And, like, it's, it's such a weird idea. Like, he's... The reason that Captain Marvel exists is so people will worship us, the gods and champions, more than they do right now. I'm like, since when? When is that the whole thing? You were supposed to be gods and champions. This is supposed to be the person on Earth, the mightiest mortal that you're lending your powers to through the Wizard Shazam because it's the right thing to do. So I just, with a tiny little setup, though, of the idea where they – and they say, we're nice enough to lend the powers to you. But like you said, there's never a time – yeah, Billy might say, oh, man, thank God I had the wisdom of Solomon. But nobody's yeah. going to sit there. You know, in in the comic book world, because we'll sit there right. and say, oh, Billy figured that out because of the wisdom of Solomon. But when he's taking a test or he's doing something or he's out there, nobody's there. Oh, my God, that was the speed of my they wouldn't know that. Like you said, now, maybe the setup, a little tweak of the setup would have been we've lent them the powers for so long. Nobody knows who we are anymore. Nobody gives a shit about Solomon. I want them to know this, and that's where you could have played this idea of them fighting around, and now he's doing weird stuff. Well, you say stuff that for some yelling, reason. I'm, I'm getting this weird like kind of booster gold feel where the gods are pissed off, and now they have to have branding of themselves on his costume. <laughs> Zeus. I just thought it would be funny where as you go and you end up like – Nabisco. Just, just change the bit where all of a sudden there's um, out of nowhere a meteor is coming down out of the sky. Imagine that, Eric. And he really needs Atlas's power. But at mm-hmm. that point, Solomon is like wrestling it away from him. And then he's like, Billy's saying, Ooh, that's coming at that up miles. Per-, and then hits him because he's the, like, maybe you can play that. But in this where they're just taking turns of, Oh, you try to, they're not doing anything that would get anybody to worship him. You're giving noogies and wedgies to apes. That's funny, but you're not really serving the purpose that you even claim you're trying to do. You know, you end up having Zeus who's trying to pick up the ladies. That's not going to get them to worship you. They just seem to be using Billy as a plaything to get gags going in this book. So at the end, it was weird because when Billy ends up saying, I think that we should all be together. And the, I'm like, but that's how it always is. Like, you're yeah. like, why, why, why doesn't anybody? Solomon at least was the one who was wise enough to say, yeah, I got to change shit around. This isn't going to work, whatever. But even then, they're mad that Mary figures it out because Billy says again, I'm a god. But in that, he was still Mercury, who was being pranking people and mind freaking them. It just it hasn't <laughs> played out as well. It, you could, I think, with the little tweaks and stuff. But I think that you have Mark Wade, who's set in this. I want to tell fun Silver Agey stories, and it's not giving the weight or the space of what this really could be. And I think that there is a time to have fun. I think a lot of people probably like this because it's fun. But if you're here to figure out what is going on with the powers, how the Shazamly, all that stuff, 
you're kind of you get frustrated. I, I don't hate it. Well, there's it. no I weight to anything with anything because even when we have the the gorillas trying to get away with the warp drive and they end up dropping it and activate it and it ends up spinning the moon out of control in its own rotation and like you know ro- rotating itself like it doesn't do. There's no like uh, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just it's it's just the moon spun and then Billy stopped it from spinning. Nothing happened. There was no like stops. There's like, no stakes to it happening at yeah. all. Who ordered the steak, Eric? Even then, like. All I could think is that moon base that we have from the JLA is just screwed right now. Just ripped off the freaking surface. And I'm in there and I'm space. throwing up because I get dizzy with shit like that. I do like even when they're yelling at Ted. I mean, that's great. But like there are some really good panels in this really cool art. But I love yeah, it so like much you said, I was waiting for something in this. Now, you're not really going to get it on the moon. But I was waiting for a simple if you're going to tell Silver Agey stories like this or even Golden Age, people could say. Yeah. You end up where the resolutions are usually that simple play of, oh, my God, people laugh. like Billy goes and saves people. And all of a sudden people are like, oh, man, he's got the power of like that would solve the issue where Billy ends up stepping up, being a hero. Oh, my God, these guys are great. And then everybody's happy and we can move on and actually tell some sort of story with weight to it. But this seems extended already. I know we're just starting, but five issues in, and we're still kind of just joking. Well, even joking. the end, when like Billy understands what's happening to we're, him because we're Mary figures it out. Pricks, aren't we? I mean, people well, are going to we... be so mad. But I, I'm with you. I, I need a little more. When we go to the Rock of Eternity, and Billy does an amazing thing, and it's like my favorite part of the book when Billy is standing up to the gods himself as Billy Bats and look. Stop messing with my mind. Let me have the power or I'm not going to use it ever again. Nothing's ever to come to this. Like, how dare you, insolent child and stuff like that. We are the fair gods. We even allow you to share your power. I'm just sitting there like, that's been a problem for a long time. Why haven't we been able to share the powers then if you're allowing him to share the powers? What has been the problem? Like, why don't the rest of the Shazam we have powers then? That then they start complaining and then they're like, well, it almost feels like they could just share it again, but they don't want to. But then Billy says, you know, my my family, they're upset about it. And then they use that sharing as kind of a blackmail type deal of like, well, if you're going to be an asshole, then we're not going to let you share them. But he isn't able to. And we don't know how. But that's where you end up getting Freddie come in, because what Billy says, and it seems like Freddie should be able to hear it. He's very close by. Yeah. Where he says almost like, I want them to have the pet. Like, why are you doing it? Don't, you know, don't punish them because you're mad at me. That's not fair. And they're like, well, if you're going to be an asshole. And then Freddie just steps up because Billy says, I'm not going to be the champion then. And then Freddie steps up. I will. I'm like, oh, you it's, jerk. It's a, and it's a great cliffhanger, though, because Freddie has been on the, an outcast of this whole thing for so long and just wanted to be a part of this, you know, power set. Once again, because it gave him purpose. It allowed him not to have to walk with crutches and be what he feels is important. So the idea that he's actually here, because we've seen him in the background throughout the series so far, says if he's not going to step up, take like give me the powers of Shazam. I'll take them. Like, that is a great cliffhanger. I can't wait to see where it goes. And you would hope, because you want to think of Freddie being a kind of cool dude, right? He gets in trouble sometimes, whatever, that when he does this, he'll try to share the powers with the family, maybe even Billy, like kind of fix it. Or he'll end up realizing that Billy wasn't lying, that he can't share them, and then we'll see how that goes. I don't know. We'll have to see. Or they could just say, nope, we don't want you. And then you're like, oh, crap. And then that's a real play because Freddie has already Honestly, betrayed Billy. Like, and then that's a that's a bad play. Like, you stepped up. That's like things that friends do, and you are no longer friends. Because, like, I'll take it. Oh, no, you're not going to give it to me. I was joking, Billy. Let's go and hang out. No, no, you get out of here. But 
it is a pretty good cliffhanger. And the art's great. I mean, I can't say it enough. It's great. It's And the story can be fun, but the idea of Queen Bee, Gargax, Ted the Ape, all these things, it doesn't matter. That's just there for a background deal, and I could take that and for also, an issue or two, not Lawyer five. dinosaurs from lawyer space. Dinosaur. I, and also with that, didn't you think, I mean, wasn't the setup here the idea, oh, man, how can we help Billy? We need, and they go into that closet and find, like, spacesuits and shit because Billy has all those trinkets and treasures that they I thought that's what it was. I thought they were going to end up finding, you know, a teleporter here, a spaceship here. I thought they were actually going to do something with the gods because they go to the Rock of Eternity with the lawyer dinosaur. They don't really do much. Oh, no, where's Freddy? And that's the weird play. When they do that, you know, they're in Billy's closet there. They only are in the clubhouse and don't go too far. But then I start thinking, is the big play, is the lawyer dinosaur could he end up being sus? Like, the idea that he's places where he... I ain't trusted a T-Rex with a monocle. A T-Rex monocle alien. This might cause problems. Or would it be... How Would this drive you nuts there? Where they end up, no, Freddy, we don't pick you. We pick Dinosaur Lawyer. All of a sudden, he's Shazam. The Dinosaur Shazam. Lawyer. Would you like that, Eric? The T-Rex. You know what I mean, saying, right? Oh, that'd be you do so know that. cool. They would, you could just do that for a second just so you can make a cover. With that, because, boy, that'd be a hell of a cover. The Dinosaur Lawyer Shazam. That'd be awesome, Eric. But all in all, you do see that Pedro finally says, kind of like, you know, having them powers. I like Sharon. Though in this, Pedro goes through these weird plays where sometimes he looks like he's the rock. Like he, And now in this, he's pretty dumpy. I don't know. He, he's yeah. eating a lot of bonbons. He's depressed. But with all that, what would you give him? Have you said, boy, how dare you? He's, at some points, though, we were like, man, he's almost like Dario. Also, uh, you know, all the different I think that's more like Paco from Paco uh, as well. But he at points have been big. But, yeah. He has been. Like, you know, he's, he's been putting I mean, on a big, lot of muscle strong, lately. like Rock. Not like big like you back in the day. That just shamed you. <laughs> what would you give this? <laughs> well, the other thing is, like, I don't like a lot of the story and this book so far because of all the fudging of the powers, the way everything is working in, to make the story work itself. Captain Marvel is one of my favorite heroes. So I'm going to be biased to a, to a little bit of degree because – He's Captain Marvel. The art's amazing. You're going to get a lot of great action in this book, but all the action in the, like you get here has no consequence whatsoever with the side story because all you're waiting for is to get back to the gods, and it's just always a little bit like dribs and drabs here, mm-hmm. and it just... We finally got to something here that seems interesting because, you know, Billy understands what's happening to him. But all, everything that we had getting up to this, it's just fun little wacky adventures that look great. It doesn't have a lot of depth to it overall. We'll give it a 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to give it a 7. Uh, I still like it. Again, here's the thing that I take out of this because I'm looking at the reviews now. You have six reviews, 9-1 is the aggregate. You have 12, 21 user reviews, 9-2. So what this tells me, not just the idea that people are insane. That's one of the things. But even so, you end up because it's fun. What it's yeah. telling me is people are rating this book on a fun factor, not really the idea of a hard-hitting book. So I wish DC could see this and kind of lighten up on some other books as well because what we're leading into with the trinity of evil and the things like that, it's getting dark. It's getting real dark. It looks like they're trying to get back to the darkness. Fire and ice is a little wacky, but you know, you have some fun with that. But I'm telling you, the stuff with World's Finest and the Shazam book, people do love the books and it's mainly because they're fun and it harkens to a bygone era of Silver Age wackiness. And there is something to that that people are, you know, really going towards it and really being drawn to it. 
And yet in these other books, we really look like we're heading to some darkness in, in the main thing. And maybe that's the wrong play. Maybe they should actually course correct things. Not get every book like this. I don't need Silver Age goofiness, but lighten up a little. Like we had the Jeremy Adams Flash run was a kind of a lighter deal at points. We had some fun. People miss that, but we go to a Cy Spurrier nonsense that makes my mind scramble. So maybe that's the play. But yeah, I, at this point, five issues in, especially with a character like Shazam Cap, uh, that do you like when they say Cap? Like you just yeah. you probably like the full Captain, right? I I, I like Captain Marvel is Where's what I Tenille? like personally. I want to know where Tennille is, Eric, with that Bob haircut. But you end up where. Overall, I do have fun with it. I need a little more. I need you to give me something more. But, man, we are. I'll tell you this, though. If you, if you are enjoying Captain Marvel from this book and think this book is really kind of cool to see, like, more than just the artwork, go back and read the 90s, you know, Power of Shazam book. Because that's my, one of my favorite runs for the character. And they were like, what DC acquired it after the, and then after Crisis, when they said, okay, let's bring him into the fold, you know, outside of JLI. But it's like, that was a really hard-hitting thing that was going to reimagine Captain Marvel for a new age. And I think they kicked the hell out of that book and like gave us something of real substance for the after-90s. Must be Eric Shea Reborn. Eric Shea Reborn. There we go. That is the first section of books. I hope everybody is still listening. With Freddy Eric got, Shea Reborn. He got Freddy got No, Freddie got hurt because of Captain Nazi. Oh, see, there you go. It all works out. Eric, it all works out. And then since he's now Cap, he can punch Hitler. It all works. It really goes all full circle. But we're ending this first section. We're going to go off now to a little bit of mail. It is time for the mail. And if you want to be part of the mail section and be the superstar like Eric Shea, I don't know if you know this, Eric. Must be Eric Shea Reborn. Or like TJ, who will get, please email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. You'll find a link in the show notes. But as I said, TJ ended up mailing us. And this was a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even say at the beginning of the show, which now I feel like a jerk. Last week's show, if you were there and like, oh, man, they took a week off. We didn't. It was a Patreon-only show that you can get at any level on the Patreon. but. TJ sent this mail on a couple of weeks ago. We don't like to do mail on the Patreon only shows in case the people aren't on the Patreon and not everybody gets to listen. So TJ's mail is, you know, new to us right here. He says, Hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? What's up, TJ? First off, glad to have America's sweetheart back. Welcome back, Eric. You were missed, which Hooray. full diss on me. <laughs> now I'm miserable. Now I'm upset. Now? Like, really? Like, just don't say, like, Hey, Eric, it's nice to have you back. But Jim, he, he held. The ship together's so that what they said. Who's he they? The, the ship together. Uh, so a couple of years ago, he's let me put my name first. To this mail would be the shortest mail ever. So a couple of years ago, I decided I wanted to take a project of reading every post-crisis Superman and Batman comic. I crazy. don't like to read digitally, so it has been a slow endeavor of collecting uh, the yeah. physical copies. That is crazy. I am currently uh, in July of 1991. Oh, July of 1991. Yeah, what a, what a month. I believe I might have gotten chlamydia back then. And wow, this really rubs. And, and then in August and September. And yeah, you're done. Skip the deal and then in January. And wow, this really rubs it in how much Batman has declined. Has he declined, Eric, or has he reclined? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> That's wordplay. 
Is it? Think back. I better put something with wordplay in the title of this, or I've done something wrong. Just think back then. The legendary Denny O'Neill was the group editor for Batman, and while some of the books weren't amazing, they were still solid. Did you like? We talked about this before. I hate it when people used to use that term. Maybe back in '91. Hey, give me a solid. I'm like, I don't know. Give me a solid. You know what's going on here? I'm not. I would do that all the time. All right. And most of us, five ten, and most of them were absolute bangers. You had one of the most underrated runs of all time in Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle on tech, and then Batman with Alan Grant shortly going on to start Shadow of the Bat. I talked about this before. You don't really hear Alan Grant mention a lot when no, people don't. say great things. And he Because even when he talked about it, it's like, yeah, Norm Brayfogle is great. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Poor Alan Grant. Maybe it was just that. And nobody likes anybody named Alan. Right? It's such a lame name, is he, Alan. Isn't Dr. Alan Grant the guy from Jurassic Park? I do, yeah, look what he did. Ruined Amazing everything. Things. Al. You know, hey, Al. You know, like that. Fairly solid. <laughs> I'll do you a solid. You come over here, big boy. Fairly solid runs from solid from Jim Starlin and Marv Wolfman. We talked about, too, what Jim Starlin did a bunch of stuff, KGBs and things like that. But then, but then he just, like, bailed. And actually, it's one of those things, almost like I would say, like a Nirvana, Erica Nirvana. They, they, it was like really like burned hot and then done, right? Like Beatles. Well, they did burn hot and they still do. I mean, how could somebody be on fire that they long? Were done on Batman, yeah, just a couple weeks ago. I told you that AI song. I think doesn't about, count. You, you didn't know what I was talking about. It does count. I actually have a Beatles playlist. It's like the whole discography, you? and it made me like kind of like half the half of its nonsense words. They added now and then. I'm like, it's over. The dream is over. Batman with some incredible art from uh, Jip Aperol, he says. I think it's Jim Aperol, but he's yeah. but Jip Aperol. Legends of the Dark Knight starts, and you have some incredible arcs right off the bat. No pun intended. You start getting Chuck Dykeson's early. Is that uh. how you said Eric Robin work? And then him uh, taking up Detective. Doug Munch uh, will be picking up Munch? Batman with Kelly Forget. Jones soon as well. Yeah, I'm getting very confused of where I am with your nonsense. Meanwhile, I can't think of the last time there's been a strong run on Batman. Can you think, Eric? When was it? Was it the Joshua the Williamson run? No, the, the Joshua Six Williamson issues, definitely not. Right? No, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> because I still want to say that, like, you know, Chips and Darkie is, is doing something. Obviously, it hasn't all been great, but I've enjoyed a lot of it, taking Batman back to the way. I enjoy a Batman, but the last great one, Tony, it's like, even like you want to say Scott Snyder because what his early stuff, like, you know, if you want to go with like Court of Owls, like, and into Death of the Family, I thought that was great, but I thought everything after that kind of was mid to sucky. So it's such a weird idea to think. And like Grant Morrison, I was never a fan of his Batman. So no, I'm going to skip right over that. <laughs> it's funny, too. You mentioned Chip Starsky while this whole email is basically ripping Chip Starsky. But no, I'm, that, I'm saying, it. though. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's going to end up being anything. Here's the, the problem I have with a lot of these runs. And as you're going, you're sitting there thinking, there's been a lot of what Tynan you ended up yeah. having, you know, like a Joshua Williamson. Because I'm just thinking Batman. No, I'm, he did the whole uh, Joker war. He ended up, he's who replaced Tom King. Remember, he came on the Batman book after Tom King ended up getting fired. Oh, and you're right. I'm a, sorry. Remember, it was that whole reason- play. You no, most people love is, his detective, but don't no, really no, like I, his Batman Again, I, I forgot about the Batman because that's where we started the stuff with the uh, the broker and stuff, and it just really bothered. That was a terrible run. But for Fear some State. reason, when you, said the, when you said the Joker War, I'm like, 
my mind for some reason went to Endgame. Like he took over for Scott Snyder in no, Endgame. No, like, no, he took no, over no. from when Tom King it's left. A jumble and, of messes up. And there. that's the thing. Uh, people were into that. And actually, when he left, like people were upset. But now, in retrospect, a lot of people are not really digging. It wasn't great. No. What he did and. I think that a problem that we're having, and then, like I said, Joshua Williamson jumps in, and then you get Shipstarsky. You have all these things going on, and everybody, I, I blame one of the things. I do blame Grant Morrison because mm-hmm. people, he says, everybody has to kill Batman. That whole phrase of that, when you when you write Batman, you have to kill Batman. A lot of these things, these runs now aren't very long. Like that's cool if you write Batman for six years, and then you get to do it. You know, back in the day, you had longer runs and stuff. But here, when you have like six issue runs, it's starting to water down, you know, the oomph of having a big run. Tom King's being the biggest one recently. Uh, but that kind of was that. I, I didn't like it at all, but it is, it is trouble. I mean, it doesn't feel like the Batman book is that big a thing anymore, even to the point where you did have somebody like a Rick Remender. I believe it was one of the things they, he said they asked me to do Batman and I didn't think that it was anything that would help me out in my career. So I said, no, that's crazy. It's crazy talk, Eric, that it's just not as big anymore. But what has happened to DC's flagship? Now we have Ram V rambling on and on. I, I always, <laughs> it's funny when you talk, you, I'm the opposite. Like you're saying about the deal. I always forget detective. I always just think of the main Batman book, but it's true. The detective says Ram V, Mariko Tamaki nonsense uh, leading into that was just bullshit. Rambling on and on for who knows how much longer. Chip Starsky doing a barely passable job. So he does give. A little props to Chipsky, barely passable, and somehow both those books are deconstructing Batman once again. Hasn't everyone had their fill of deconstruction from Tom King? And that's kind of what I was my point. All these people they want to come on the. It's a character that's been around for so long. Everybody wants to do their big thing that would be remembered, but you're kind of running out of big things. I just think that the time is right for somebody to just come in and just tell good Batman stories. Don't worry about the idea of being like. Oh my God, he changed the game. And oh, I haven't seen this before. Cause at this point, a real Batman doing Batman things is something that a lot of these readers reading now haven't seen before because we haven't had it in a while. Even like you said, that second half of the Scott's night, it started getting wacky. You started doing weird stuff. Since we, once we got to zero year and stuff like that, I was kind of out. Yeah. Again, cause. I, I can't tell a year one, I'll tell a zero year. And you just everybody wants to have their mark on the kid, have the mark of being a really cool run that people have the a mark ton of, of fun the beast. with. Yes, that's 510. Uh, he KG says, now beast. that the rant is over, yeah, <laughs> have them there walled up in the damn sewer. Now that the rant is over, we can get to the actual important stuff. I just read Action Comics 667, not okay. 666, Eric. That's weird that you said the number of the beast. Or the mark of the beast is part of this endeavor. And I thought you guys should see something. Uh, it is Sus Bibbo. And he, he uh, says, Has Sus Bibbo been canon all along? For context, no, Gangbuster is dating Cat Grant and loses her son oh, in Metropolis. And look who shows up to lend a helping hand. It is Bibbo. And it does look sus. I can't tell what I'm more shocked by Bibbo's pronouncement of picture or that even in the 1991. Picture. No one thought it was in any way problematic to have this panel of a dark silhouette of Bibbo leading Cat Grant's son off into the night. Well, maybe if Bibbo was there, Toy Man wouldn't have killed him in the end. So, so let's all hope that Bibbo's there when we need him the most. Maybe. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Maybe he could go to that doll lady's house to see where Bibbo touched him. Anyways, I thought at least Jim would get a kick out of it. I did. 
Have Heart a good one, Bibble. guys. TJ. So that is from TJ. Yeah, TJ's frustrated. Wants to go, but I there you it. go. What happens? Well, I, that's why I have the DC Universe app, so I can go back and read all these great books that I've always that's loved. That's why he's going back. But in that, I did talk to a guy, and anytime, and it happens on YouTube all along. I'll, I'll put up a video for this week's Batman, right? Me and you talking about Batman. Hey, we're a little frustrated. Even Shazam. And people will then say, well, just go back and read this or go back and read that. And I'm like, okay, I've read that. The thing is, I also enjoy having a month-to-month book that comes out and is a surprise of what it is. I can go back and read a lot of the grades, and everybody does. But I also kind of want the here and now, especially maybe you talk about them. But things get frustrating. We've had our ebbs and flows. Just hopefully. You're right. You know what we're going to do? Stop this show. We're just going to start in 1991 and go from there week to week. We kind of, we had the classics during the sure shutdown, did. and we enjoyed that. We were having fun doing that. But I have fun talking to you, Eric. No matter what, you could give me the phone book, and we could talk about that, right? The I don't phone want to. Book, Eric. I don't want to do but that. But that is the mail again. If you want to get involved in the mail, you would be there. It's like I don't like the continuity of of this guy, John Smith, because here he's he lives on Woodrow Avenue, but here he lives on Main Street. That doesn't. I'm like they're two separate guys, idiot. And then you get mad at me. You're talking yeah. to me like I'm acting like you. <laughs> I got to throw shade at you. At some no, me, I'm like, I fell asleep. I, I didn't get past the A's. Oh, goodness. But if you want to email us at, I don't know, get this. You can email us at weirdsciencedc.com. <laughs> Sell it, Jim. At gmail.com. 510. Oh, my, meth. Uh, and we'll read all the mails, even the ones that aren't so happy. Eric, even the ones that might point, you know, a bit of the downcomings of us. Downcomings. <laughs> what? But that is it. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm tired, Eric. But we're going to go off now. I better pick it up because we've got three more books. And boy, they're doozies. I love them all. But we'll be back with those in uh, just a second. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself. And he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shame. Looking for a star screen or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shay. And here we are with Eric Shay. I don't know about the continuity, man. How am I moosing up my hair when it goes down to my middle of my back? You could still moose up that top, look like Joe Dirt or something. That's what I got. <laughs> like you're like Joe Dirt, Eric. Ah, speaking of dirt. We have a couple issues left for the rest of the show that works out for me. So, and there's some of these. Well, actually, all of this. this is the section where, and I'm glad I had that song that I usually do put for the last section because these were books, and I do appreciate everybody who joined in to talk with me about these while you were gone. But these are your book, like Poison Ivy is not my book. Well, it was. I'm saying that if it was me. And I had my drug, like, I never would have pulled any of these. I never would have talked about them, anything. It was you who, you were intrigued at the beginning of Poison Ivy. It's kind of weird off that path, but you were enjoying Blue Beetle's one of your favorite characters, and somehow you like the Joker, the man who stops laughing. I don't get it, but these are kind of, if people sat there and thought of, and I know what you're going to say, so I'm already going to tell you, screw you. But the idea (laughs) of, oh, these are Eric books in the podcast. Now you'll come with the, well, what are your books, Jim? Because you hate everything. Well, maybe. But these are always the books that when we're what talking. Especially, be pulling, especially Jim? Blue Beetle, none. 
essentially Blue Beetle, the idea where that and characters like a Hawkman or a Firestorm, you know, bullshit yeah. characters, right? Great characters. Those are ones where every time we have a book that comes out, I I like Green getting involved Harrow. because of you. I like to sit there like, you know, like the Batmans and the Superman. Now, these characters, especially like a Blue Beetle, yeah. I like to read with you and well, talk Shazam. about it, mainly because you have more of a background. Yeah, and the Shazam as well. But I get the enthusiasm from you to actually try to start liking them a little more than maybe I would have. It's going to be an uphill battle this week. And it this, this whole deal, it, it really is. Some of these where, and is it the, you know, the chicken and the egg? Is it that you don't get a lot of books from the characters you Word love play. because they're just not good characters? Or is it because they're never written right and then you think they're not good, but they could be good? I don't know. Wordplay. You know what but, it is. Speaking of foreplay, yeah, well, you were the one who gave me that sage advice of there's no bad characters, just bad writers. That is something that a lot of people say, but I go with your deal. And uh, maybe that's the case here. But what are we starting with? Uh? Blue Beetle number three, written by Josh Trujillo and art by Adriana Gu- Adrian Gutierrez, Will Quintana, and Lucas Gattoni. And in this issue, we got to get to the bottom of who is the Blood Scarab and what do they want? Why did they destroy the horizons? Like, like you know... I was going to say homeland, but it's in, it's just a part of the city. It's, where you it's have kind it. of like a town in this book. Like it's where the stinking aliens live, the right? Alien refugees hang out in Palmyra city, <laughs> but you have the idea of what this whole thing, which is going to introduce this whole idea of the, the connection that Tracy 13 has with Jaime Reyes. And they're like, you know, them being boyfriend and girlfriend previously, because Tracy 13 is going to come and help because she's now working as a waitress at the oblivion bar. So it's a weird thing that we're going to go to the oblivion bar for this. And it's, I say weird just because, there's no real reason for us to go there. It feels like, like, hey, you know, Blue Devil might know something about it. You know, the bartender. I'm just like, thank God you're not a statue anymore. We never saw how that happened, but thank God you're not a statue well, anymore, Blue I'll Devil. I'll tell you, when I first saw him show and they had it, I don't want to throw shade at the art there, but you kind of double up a panel. I thought maybe he still was a statue. <laughs> yeah, but there. But here's here's the His thing. Eyes too, move a little you, bit. you mentioned Tracy 13. Yeah. And you mentioned the Oblivion Bar. You mentioned, well, let's throw in Madame Xanadu. Let's throw in Starfire coming back. There's a lot of characters here who aren't Blue Beetle. This was my problem with Graduation Day. Now, when I you go you. and do this, though, you said it feels like Josh Trillio is just kind of randomly reading some Wikipedias. Oh, Tracy 13, throw her in. Don't mind. <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Don't mind <laughs> to tell anybody the connection or what that means or whatnot. City powers. Just throw them at the people. It, 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 it's weird. And we even had where you thought in the last, the graduation day, so did I, but the idea of Starfire, what's she doing here? I'm telling you, we, Starfire is, is still the weirdest inclusion in this book like she was in graduation day because out of nowhere, there's a deep connection between Starfire and Jaime Reyes that I will never understand. No, there, there's a weird, and I think that's one of the things where you get these weird, quirky things sometimes. And then they just become a thing because if you end up having this get canceled and Blue Beetle comes out again, we may start having this. Well, why are they? Oh, they were connected in graduation day and in the Blue Beetle deal. Like you're making a connection that wasn't there, which is fine. But you never know why here. And that's one of my biggest plays of this. I'm still waiting for that moment where I sit there and say, okay, this Josh Trillio has finally done it. He showed everybody why Blue Beetle is so cool. I think that we're beyond that, and he's just throwing things at it. Though, 
in the whole play of this blood scarab, I'm sure that you're intrigued by it. And I think that it is a cool little thing. But well, the thing is, especially because it ties back to the original Blue Beetle, Dan Garrett, and the idea of Kajida, where it was in the in Egypt back in the day, and all that past stuff that, like, you know, the, the history of it all with the pharaohs and what happened to Kajida. And this, like, it's it's adding some more stuff to the original continuity of it because you need that a little bit. Because even Dan Garrett, the idea, like, hey, I found the scarab, and whenever I would say Kaji Da, it would turn me into the superhero Blue Beetle. And I'm like, you're a guy in some spandex. And like, you think of how, like, you know, how Dan Garrett looks back in the day in Golden Age stuff, and then you think about how the scarab works now with Heinrich. I'm like, how does I? I always want to make it that Dan had a different one, and like, it was just connected to Kaji somehow. But they always something new always comes out to kind of block beyond that. Well, here, here's my problem. And I knew, I, I figured when I'm reading, I'm like, I, I think Eric will like this in a concept way. And yes. But when you do that, like we brought up the idea of Starfire being in the book or right. Tracy 13, well, that's good. It feels like I have to get some solid evidence that he is actually understanding what he's presenting in this. It really starts to feel like a bunch of stuff that he just found out about and he's throwing at you. I hope that he understands it and it makes sense to somebody like me who doesn't have as much. When you get Tracy 13, somebody like you, that makes complete sense. That's like, okay, yeah, that's playing off before and whatever. But I think there'll be a lot of people reading this that won't even know who she is or what that even means. She's just there. And that's my fear. And we've had this. We had it with the Alan Scott book. The idea that you actually were able to take more from the book because of your knowledge oh, with the star hearts like prophecy if somehow it works yeah never really said or whatnot so i i think in this again where i was not confused because i know tracy 13 but through you and some of the other things we did but i'm already feeling like he's adding more to this think she's gonna wind up with city even, maybe uh, <laughs> the, the idea that we have you know, Natita and Doneskis, you already have enough to work and really develop and kind of put them aside to get the Dan Garrick stuff, which is cool. But I think that he just like, he just hears random, I'm going to put that in, I'm going to put that in. And then you even have the horizon with the shepherd ood and things. It, there's too much. Because we are picking up a directly where graduation day left off the idea of the good like, you know, offshoots of the Reach who are known as the Horizon, who, like, oppose everything the Reach stand for. So they were coming after Jaime Reyes because they just see Reach armor. Like, we got to destroy that evil thing, even though Jaime's a control and a hero. So they have their own Beatles, stuff like that, because they have the same technology. That is a lot there. To continue on with that here, to have the Horizon and then add on to some Dan Garrett stuff in Egypt with another Bloodscape, like, that, that's, that's a little much there for me. We also have Sus Victoria Cord. Who then is doing something, and yet you have a lot of stuff going on. And then Victoria, I don't mind because they decided to add that character because of the movie com- that came out during that whole graduation day. As the sister of Ted Cord, she's now become guess, a she- big part of this, though. But the yes. idea of what she's doing behind the scenes, so that adds another thing that you have to deal with. I don't mind the character. I think that she could have been kind of cool. He's kind of forcing it right to the bad. You know, gal deals going. With, with, oh yeah, well that's the thing is, like the movie gives you a lot of spoilers about no. like where the character could be going, like through motivations if you watch the movie. So I don't want to give Which spoilers. I even I, I haven't watched it either. I've heard things though, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody else. But the idea that you have her here that works for me because you will need somebody in the Cord family who is a bit more responsible than Teddy at this point to run Cord Industries. Because the last we saw him, he was kicked off the board. No, so. that's the weird play. He was kicked off the board. That's fine. But even in this, you're also forcing the idea that he's uh, he's somewhere because he almost got killed. Yeah, he's in a coma right now. Well, because he really wants to push push 
what am I saying? Wants to, push. To, <laughs> wants to push Victoria to be the head. But then in the meantime, you just have Brenda. She's doing a little undercover. There's so much going on, and some of it is intriguing. But from what we got in graduation day to this, I'm starting to see just the same kind of bad things happening. The idea of not concentrating on one thing or at least, you know, get, you know, come up in your mind. I want these two things like there's like five things going on and some of them aren't really well explained. I wanted to see more of Natita and Dynasties. And you even had it in the last issue, I think it was, or me and Zach, where they just had to kind of exposition the idea of what they are and what they're doing because they haven't really been dealt with that much and they ended up doing it. So when you get into this, I'm like, now you're adding Tracy 13 Oblivion Bar, you know, the whole thing with Dan Garrett. Some of the things, like I said, are kind of well, cool. Even the idea where you have those new Beatles who work for the Horizon, like the Yellow Beetle and the Green Beetle, the powers don't seem to be working right right now since the, the Blood Scarab showed up and we don't know what's going on with that either. Yeah, because, yeah, then they're all upset and you did have that play where I guess you'd say Starfire. I just thought it was Jimmy Durante in a kind of a cool custom. I mean, you say that. Look at Brenda. Yeah, Brenda's sometimes she's up and down. Whatever. Or the long face, Brenda. Starfire. What's up with that nose? Has she been hitting the bottle too much? I don't even know what's going on with her. And then they're hugging it out. And hey, you What's should be thing? better at this and that. Oh my we God. have already set up what's going on in the city with the horizon being like alien refugees here. They're just given a place because Jaime said so. And I guess everybody has to go with what Jaime says. And so like, you know, it's a weird situation to do to anybody in the city. You have that. You have this other scarabs working with Jaime. That's great. You're almost setting up like a Blue Beetle family-esque kind of book like you have with the Shazam or any other superhero that has cool, But I don't know in. those characters to the point where I still don't remember their and, names. I agree, and and it's not as like you know cool either because like here's a uh, blue beetle, cream beetle, gold beetle, or yellow beetle, whatever you want to go with. It's just different colors, and you're never really gonna get much out of it in my mind for how it works out that way. But when you have Starfire show up, she is the weakest link to this whole thing. She doesn't need to be here. If you just focus on the idea, we got some shit that's going on in this city with the Horizon and the, their beetle champions. You got Victoria Court who thinks that she needs to come in and actually be secured here because. We can't trust your Beatles to save you because they didn't, obviously. That's fine. Do all that. Just leave Starfire out because she doesn't feel like she belongs here at all. Yeah. And and again, what you're going to do, it's very basic. It's very basic bitch storytelling of, hey, that, that blood scarab, I don't know, but it had arcane symbols. Kaji says that they must be magic. Okay, well, let's go to Oblivion Bar. Boom, they go there. Like you said, is the continuity a little wonky here with Blue Devil? No, he's been around. He, no, he's been back for a while. We just never saw how it happened. What's Dead Man doing? He's dead. He sure that, is. That's playing out. That's but this wrong. Is a, but this is a magic bar, Jim. Yeah, cool. but that's no. He's dead. That's fuck up. It's a bar maybe that's out of time where he was visiting at this point in time. So it could. It's magic, motherfucker. <laughs> Didn't matter. The whole night terror's ending. He's just there. I, I, it doesn't do anything for the, the issue. Is, I don't you, care. You see this? I don't know what happened to Dead Man in Night Terror. So I can't tell you what's, what if he should he be here or not. He ended up dying. He ended up yeah, at the end. He had to sacrifice himself and die. I don't know he, what it did means. He, did he sacrifice yeah. himself they or did he, he sacrifice his lie? Uh, well, Batman, <laughs> Batman said that he died at the end. And then, he was already whatever. dead. Well, I know. Well, tell tell DC that the guys again. I'm telling you, I don't understand what happened. He he's at the Bolivian book, but again, this is the thing where these are supposed to be wow moments. But this is a Blue Beetle book, so you end up, oh man, the Oblivion Bar. Like most people are just gonna be like, ah, eh, whatever. Then you go, hey, Blue Blue Devil, hey, whatever. And then we go. You and should talk like, to Madame Xanadu. And the worst part about Madame Xanadu, which is cool to see her here, is I'm like. 
Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Like, you no longer have a shop in London or New York. You freaking have a back room out of the Oblivion Bar where you do your tarot readings. Like, come on, what happened? You've been alive for a long time. What happened to all your savings? They ended up saying, like, oh, we're going to have to go to Madame Sanadu. She does magic. She's actually doing the game magic. She has a bunch of nerds there. And they're like, she's really following. She's like, I got to make some money here. Friday night at the comic book shop. Exactly. It's that makes the money, Eric. That and the the Funko Pops or whatever. Pop Funkos? Then you end up with cricket. Then you end up at at nowhere. And I really, I grimaced when I end up like Zal, and I'm like, oh god, why is she here? And she comes in with that nose going, and this is all to just get Ziamora like, hey, stop, stop body shaming Starfire. They're like, you're okay. You tried your best. All right. I'm like, what is going on here? I I want kind of get once you get to Egypt, set up this thing. That seems interesting. But there's a lot of other things that, to me, aren't that interesting. You said the idea of Victoria Cord makes sense, the movie, whatever. It's not that interesting. It really isn't that interesting to me, especially Brenda's like, be quiet, I'm undercovers. I got to do this. I'm like, you're going to die. But, yeah, even with that, what else is going on? I want more of the other, I'm telling you, Dynasties and Natita. Why aren't they just called? Their colors like the blue beetle You end up where they are based off of Actual beetles Beetles, yeah. I, I don't need it That's you know that's like clever wordplay I don't need it Eric I'm a dummy Where is the, where is the dung beetle That's you when we, when we go forward with this we have the blood scarab Who is our bad guy of the book The the dark mirror side of whatever you know, you know Jaime is with Kaji Da Are we going to leave at one point Stop calling him blood scarab and call him Ka F. Ray kind of like that's his name Like Kaji Da Kafre. I'm like, ooh, wait. Uh, yeah. I, when you say that, you've just activated like seven sleeper agents, but you end up where, you know, this big play of, again, it goes with this, hey, you aren't as. And Kafre is the pharaoh that found Kaji. So I'm saying I'm going to go with the idea because, like, Kaji da, the Kafre, sounds like it would be the name of a scarab as well. And it does connect into the Dan Garrick deal, but when you get to it, and they do actually find him and they confront him. I actually got confused of the progression of the art. We've had this this week a bunch of times, say, in the Birds of Prey. But when they go down and they're yelling and and then Tracy 13's like, do it now. I'm like, well, do what? Well, uh, oh, he didn't kill. Oh, and I, I was I was actually a little bit off of what well, exactly no, no, happened. I, 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 I'm completely with you. The idea that we are going up against the Blood Scarab in the underground city where Kaif Ray once ruled, where his tomb is now, and stuff like that. The place where Dan Garrett once archaeologied his way to find Kaji Da. We are there right now. The Blood Scarab is there against Blue Beetle, and when Blue Beetle overcomes him with this overpowered mode that he has, which is still, I don't understand, he just makes what, sharper knives? It's just you mean the legato leg- form? His legato form. I'm like... I still don't understand what the legato form is or yeah, why you know it's more powerful. It's works. almost like the idea of a, a suit, Kajida, and the whole Blue Beetle thing that can do like just about anything to then make it do the specific thing and say it's powering up and it doesn't really work, right? But it's when weird. he gets. I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a form that just like he's powering up. It's, it doesn't do anything for me. They, they they introduced it in graduation day, and I don't appreciate it. It's in wrestling when I'm there and I'm like slapping people, and then suddenly I give the super slap. It's the same damn. Well, it's not slap a leg drop. It's an atomic leg drop. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has that up any deal. You know, the world's greatest slam. No, it's just a slam. That's all it is. But yeah, it's it's a weird play. But then. They fight, and I, I lost progression of exactly what was happening. Just to, at the end, think, 
Okay, well, he didn't kill him. That that was the basic deal where they're yelling. It's such a weird idea because you have Jaime who gets the upper hand on the blood scarab, and there's Tracy 13. Now, Jaime, do it. Why does she want Jaime to murder somebody? It just seems like a weird situation just to say, okay, kill him now. I know there's a threat looming than like the idea, but even like even uh, um, Madame Zeta, do I think said in her reading that he can't do this alone? Like, is it the idea that Tracy Thirteen had to be there? I don't know. It just feels weird, and I just don't know why we want Blue Beetle to murder somebody. At one point, you're even having this where it is Tracy Thirteen, you know, against the whole blood scare. and I thought she died. I thought she got slashed. She's yelling, "Jaime!" You see this big crash and what looks like blood or whatnot, and then all of a sudden she's sitting there. And then um, she yells, do it now. I'm like, do what? Like, you want him to, like you said, you want him to kill him. I think that the story progression with the art just didn't make much sense there. And then really throwing shade at Jaime, like, what were you doing? You didn't kill him. You had a chance. You could have killed him. That's not Jaime. That doesn't feel like the whole play. And he's like, I, and even then says, I saved your life. That place was going to collapse because they were going to get him and they had to get out of there. But they, no, no, kill him first, kill him first, and then they get out. And then she says, I saved your life. That place was going to collapse. You could have ended it right there. What were you thinking? And then he says, I guess I mean I wasn't maybe the blood no. scarab. No. I'm like, what? What What are you talking? Like, she says, I saved you, but why didn't you kill him when we did this? I'm like, I don't and really honestly, in this book as well, it seems like Jaime still might have feelings for Tracy, and she's not, like, reciprocating. She's like, we're not getting back together, essentially, in this, but... I don't think you want to go with Tracy 13 if this is how she's going to be acting, Harry, because she wants you to murder people and yells at you when you don't do it. Yeah. And then he ends up like, maybe the blood scarab. She says, no, they're not dead. If that's what you're asking, you know, it's not going to be that easy. I'm like, okay, so that's where you really get the idea. And again, a little confusing. I'm like, oh, so you want to just straight up murder. I get it. It's Tracy 13, you murderous bitch. But the end up where she says, I mean, if you're not more careful, the blood scarab will kill you. It just kind of just is weird by the end. Well, it's totally weird because it's it, kind of a neat way to put Dan Garrick deal in. And I, no, no, that's the coolest part of the book. I'm worried though that again, it's a surface level thing that he's like, "Ooh, I just found out about Dan Garrick. I'm going to kind of tie it in." Hopefully, it gets developed a little more. But just this idea of you know, at the end, where you almost get that feeling like you're supposed to be mad at Jaime because he didn't kill somebody. I'm not mad at Jaime because he didn't kill somebody. It's very no, odd. He's the blue beetle. I'm not mad at him at all. Yeah, but the Dan Garrick stuff, I knew you would like. I do. Oh, it's you, so that cool. It's the coolest cool part deal. of it because you don't get the idea of the background of the original blue beetle. Like, you get Ted all the time, but like Dan Garrick, he has been left behind. Even the idea that he originally had Kaji Da, you don't talk about that enough anymore, it feels like. So going back to that, it's cool. But what we are left with ultimately in this series, even starting from graduation day, is, all right, what do we got? It's blue beetle. Well, there's also a green beetle, a yellow beetle, and now a red beetle. The red beetle's the bad guy. And I'm like, well, and I thought it was bad back in the day when he used to fight the black beetle. But I'm like, you're just, you're just filling the, 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 the freaking pages now with different colored beetles. I actually, like, I actually at one great. point recently, I think it was when you were away a bit, I actually read a bit of the, the black beetle when he first showed up. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But in this, like. people don't talk about it, but I think the new 52 Blue Beetle series was a really banger of a series. Yeah, you like that. Uh, in this, though, some people are calling out the idea that Josh Trillio thinks that this is a Power Rangers book and not a Blue Beetle book, and I can see it the way he's adding oh, these yeah, things. Definitely. But at the end, I, in my time. mind, and I'm kind of stupid, right? He's yeah, dead there. I'm, I'm kind of stupid where I end Shut up where all this going on. Too soon. 
when they went off and like, okay, we have to go here. We're going to go to Egypt. And even then, I think that some of the things just are like, snap your fingers. They go too quick and they don't really give you the, you know, the idea of big things happening. Oh, we'll go to Egypt. They're right there. They go down in this thing. I thought they were going to go through time somehow because of this Egyptian mumbo jumbo magic and actually team up with Dan Garrick and do some things that I thought. You say that. That sounds awesome. I thought it would be cool. And then when we get this, I'm like, it wasn't as cool. I wanted to see. And that's why I thought, oh, that's why Ted got hurt. He's on his side. Now he's just going to team up with in the past Dan Garrick and kind of learn some more things in that. I feel like I feel like Timey might have done that back in the 2000s. Maybe. I'm not it sounded sure, though. cool, though. I remember. I, I thought that's because once you start doing, like, at the end of this, I didn't get the cool factor of being in an Egyptian pyramid fighting a pharaoh who had this. No, guy. I agree. It just felt like you were it was room. just thrown in there yeah it, it just it should have felt bigger and that's our thing i mean this is indiana jones shit as well and it should have been really oh, yeah. really cool and i didn't get it some of it might have been the art but i think some of it is kind of things were rushed in the script as well and i don't know why but at the end you still have a lot of things in this book that could be intriguing and it could work out but we've gotten now you know nine issues from just Chilio, and i i don't trust him yet I, I really don't because of what he hasn't done so far but maybe it'll change what would you give this i hope so this thing is the arts okay as long as you're not looking at women's faces at times i don't Man, know how to say no, that for like that. It's, it, it's just <laughs> Kenda and starfire look terrible that's all i'm saying about that i don't even mind the xanadu way that victoria looks Cord okay, looks. right and xanadu looks fine tracy 13 looks fine uh, for some reason it's just Starfire and Brenda look terrible go in, the, go in the issue and um, look where they first see Xanadu at the table. You get to that uh, part. And I'm I telling don't you, get to that part. It's going to take me forever. This is the look on her faces anytime I used to ask Tanya for some action. Just boredom. <laughs> just let's go. She looks like. Well, be a better fuck. Where they show here and it's like, let's get this over. <laughs> we had five kids by the <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Look at that look. She looks so bored. Oh, my goodness. She's probably thinking of Brad Pitt right there. But, yeah, the art's okay, but it does get a little wonky at points. Yeah, that's the thing. It's for some reason, it's, mo- it's mostly just Brenda and, like, Starfire. And Star- Starfire does not need to be in this book. But I feel like we're overcrowded right now. And I like the stuff that we'll do with Victoria Accord and the idea of what's going on in the city with it. It just doesn't feel very developed for everything we've had so far because it's just, hey, Victoria's here, the other Beatles are here. There's something that could be interesting with the other Beatles' powers. They're going wonky at this point. But mostly for me, I'm here for the blood scarab, the connection to Dan Garrett, and what we're going to do with it. Even Tracy 13, I thought, was a cool pool for this. I just don't know how much we're going to do with her going forward because she seems pissed off. And I don't know how much more of that, you know, Jaime's going to need her going forward with what he's already discovered. So she feels like a one and done here. But I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10 because there's some interesting things in Different parts of the story, it just doesn't feel very good overall. So hopefully that changes. I'm going to give it just a straight up five. Uh, just a five. I, I want it to change. I want to enjoy this with you. I want to end up, you know, saying, hey, like you just said, you, we, we ended up going through, I believe, the first trade of the New 52 Blue Beetle. And we had fun talking about it. I want to have this series, one of these, by this Josh Trillio, like five years from now. Man, remember that Blue Beetle? That was really cool. And we did this. And. We're not going to remember this. We're not. I'm not going to remember this next week. The way that it's played out, which is a well, problem. It's like Keith Giffen's, like you know, Blue Beetle. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever going to remember that when they tried yeah. to tell us that the the reach was not behind the Blue Beetle scarab anymore. It was back to magic. Yeah, remember when I kept wanting, and I still even in this deal is the reach around. Like I still want somebody Stop to it. say that, Eric. Why can't they say that at one point? That'd be pretty they funny. Have 
Uh, but yeah, five, five point five for you. What are we talking about next? Poison Ivy, number sixteen, written by G. Willow Wilson with art by Marcia Takara, Arif Prianto, and Hassan Atsmain Elhal. And in this, we're going back to the original series that it was. This was supposed to be it was the eight issues initially. For the first eight issues, it's supposed to be idea. six, and then okay, it changed so, and, to ten, okay, and then let's, it let's became let's ongoing. Go. I believe. Okay, let's just go with, I want to say six to eight, but I don't know. Let's just say the original storyline is going to be the idea of Pamela Isley going across country trip to her way to like Seattle, where she was poisoning everybody with the Lamia spores on her, like, you know, her suicide trip across the country is what it was. She's going to kill everybody else and herself with the infection of the Lamia spores. By the end of that story arc, we found out that the Lamia spores, they pretty much, they, they infect people, but there's a very low rate of death, even though we saw a bunch of people die. Nowadays, get infected and they become weird transmitters for whatever the Floronic Man wanted to do. And Poison Ivy pretty much did nothing her entire time of trying to kill the world and herself. Took all agency away from what she was trying to do. It took all agency. And I think it also tried to make it so that people didn't think of Pam as being really, really bad. But it made sense for where she was at that point in time, like you know, where she like felt she was after being the Queen Ivy and the Naive Ivy being brought together with the ultimate power for it all to be taken away from her. It made sense for the character to be in this terrible dark that place out, and though. wanting to kill herself. It made sense for what they were doing in the story. It didn't work out. It made sense. It every changed. time every time that we said and in our mind, and you're right, it was, if I remember right, the fourth issue started getting wonky, but that was right when it was extended. And then we went and then the next, like every time it was extended, whatever issue was next got wacky and got in a weird, like, you know, a crossroads like the Robert Johnson, Eric. But in the meantime, when you're going through this, like, I still think, like you said, the agency of it, it, it did take it away. It also made it so you couldn't say, oh, you're ruining the character. I think you're still doing that here in a way. Well, how long does it feel it's been since we, like, you know, she went cross country? Doesn't it feel like months for her in continuity? Oh, in continuity, yeah, yeah. Like in continuity, I feels like you it's meant been a long time. Issues. It's been a while. But now and... people who have been infected with the Lamia spore are just starting now to see the like the it come forward. Like all of a sudden, this guy Chuck, who she came across of what feels like months ago, in continuity, he's getting some spr- like sprouts growing on some fungus sprouts. If that's, that's what you this call them. This guy needs to react to these a little with more concern, well, right? The family members. Well, I have to assume that everybody in the world, because of how tough things are right now, they react, well, I can't afford to go to the doctor, and I also can't afford to miss work, so I'm just going to hope this goes away, and then they just get taken over by the Lamia spores. Well, this ends up being, like, this issue, and it's a weird play. Here's my take on, just quickly, the deal. I, I don't mind this being this weird little, hey, I have this soapbox issue, and I'm going to do it, this one-shot issue. You kind of throw that idea, people are working too hard, in the meantime, there's diseases going on, and then people are transmitting. You could even get a COVID-type play with it that oh, yeah, I think totally. is there. But in that play, it feels weird to get back to it here and then to have this play that in the issue, I mean, yeah, this guy, hey, I can't miss work, whatever. There's points where he's got, like, just globules coming off of his neck, and nobody, like, his kids aren't even saying, like, Dad, that's bullshit. This like, makes it's so it crazy. Like, like Pamela Isley was on her suicide trip two days ago. That's what it feels like because for the idea that he has, like, he can see the sp- like the infection coming on his neck of the Lamia spores. He's like, I still have to go to work. How long did he let this go? Because like, oh, I'll have the doctor check it out like next week or something like that. It just feels like it's instantaneously like back to where we were at the first storyline, and like we had so much shit go on in between that, and even going back to Gotham. And the way that it plays out again, th- this series 
is selling well, it seems. Every time I see it, it's up there. And it is crazy because not that I'm saying every issue stinks. It's that when you put them together, you get a really weird road of issues. Like at one point, this is something. Then we switch it to that. Then we have Janet from HR. Then we have Harley. Like everything gets swirled around. And like you said, this one feels like it's like issue 3.5, not issue 16. And while the kind of the story itself, it kind of plays out a little horror-esque deal and how this whole deal is going down. But zombies. it feels weird now. And what I get here, because you've already tried to take the blame off of Pam and also the agency of all that anyway, when you get to this and this poor Chuck guy, which she's like, I don't even know his name. I just call him Chuck. I start to not like Pam again, like we had at the beginning. But then when you try, I think G. Willow Wilson realized that and then says, well, the Lamy itself isn't that bad. But, but when it gets out in the, the theater, it gets wild. It changes almost like that's not. It mutates, evolves. I'm like, you're the one that started it. I don't care what you say. But the Floronic man started it. Well, again, because you did that then. But it's like yes. it changed. And it's one of those where. It doesn't quite transfer as quick as we, like you're getting a lot of recap of the Lamia deal and in the wild and all this, and it gets really wonky. And everybody who's infected with the Lamia, as well as Pamela Isley, all come together in the Lamia web of the mind where they see each other in their dreams. And then they're all connected in a way before everybody's taken over like by the Lamia spores to become zombies, but not Pamela Isley because of how she can counteract it with her powers. Yeah, so, and I'll tell you, G. Willow Wilson does give me personally as i'm reading it i do get some feels from this but they're not the good like remember at the beginning of the series i said to you it's just it feels wrong to me like it was too over the top you were intrigued by it you really like the idea of the queen ivy she's mad this and trying to figure out she's mad as hell she's not going to take it anymore She, she had all her power taken away she was trying to take her power back by ending everybody didn't go after that gardener after the first couple, but you end sure up didn't. where to me though I said I just it's not my thing. I don't really like it. It's just a little too. It felt mean spirited at points. Or so. so when you get to this through this whole thing, all I could think of is this poor Chuck guy. This guy didn't do shit on shit, and this guy is dying, and his family's there. And I know that's what you're supposed to grab, but I'm not liking it in this book with Pam there kind of being the you know, I just. It ends up being written okay. I just don't like it. The amount of time we spend with Chuck, and not only the idea of spending time with Chuck at his work, going home, watching TV, going back to work, being taken over by the Lamia spores, walking into the woods where he becomes a Lamia zombie with the rest of anybody who's been infected who will eventually make their way to Gotham to try to find their mother of rebirth, who is Poison Ivy. But then we go back to Chuck's house where his wife's worried about him. He's never done this before. He has, and I'm like, we're spending a lot of time on things that are not poison ivy or the lamia spore. Looking at how the lamia spores are affecting other people who aren't affected by the lamia spores. This is happening a lot, and it's not just at DC at Marvel too. But we, I just said the thing about Blue Beetle. Like, you know what? I'm not getting a lot of Blue Beetle. Now you did get some there, but that was my biggest complaint. And say the graduation day, and even at some of the deal. But in this, this feels like it should have been an annual story. Something that's on the side story to just show you. Oh, by the way. While all that was going on with Ivy going cross country, this is what it resulted in. And then we get a story about Chuck and these other people. You can feel bad for him. I'm surprised that Chuck didn't spread the Lamia spores to his family. Again, because you're playing that weird play of, hey, it doesn't transfer as much as we thought. Like It gets convoluted. But at the end, I mean, you're setting up zombie apocalypse and you're also setting up Batman showing up. I'm like, what is going on? 
in this book because you said it, it's a lot of Chuck, a lot of Chuck and not a lot of Poison Ivy. The most you get of Poison Ivy is of the mind where she talks to Mr. Undyne about who she felt was dead. He's just still still in the freaking Lamius Wars talking to her about things that she doesn't understand about the power that she now wields. But Undyne, he knows everything. I don't like his flowery language. <laughs> oh my God, I saw Undyne in this and I thought, wouldn't it be cool to maybe bring Mr. <laughs> Bloom back? Maybe. Do something with that character. Mr. Bloom Ivy. zombie that wasn't a zombie because he was just Mr. Bloom. Hey, there you go. I actually thought, and we joked about it with the deal earlier, the idea that Poison Ivy through all of this thought that she always, like she thought she had a connection to the green, but in fact she has a stronger connection to the gray and the rot and things that maybe go with that. Not even the idea of this, like she has this now because her entire life, whatever since to become Poison Ivy essentially, this connection to the green, it even took her over to become the evil queen version but of Ivy and stuff like that. She's never like the Avatar, then, though, right? No, she's like, never she the be Avatar. Pissed. Like I'm telling you, the idea of the War of the Green is something I wanted her to fight against Swamp Thing for a while for the like the rights to that to have the ultimate power of the green. But right now, when she was taken all her power away essentially by the gardener, when they you know combine them back together, when you had this happen and the Lamia became her last resort to try to take some control back in her life and end everybody in the world because she's going to do what Poison Ivy does and be the eco-terrorist who saves the world by killing off the people, including herself. The Lamy infects her, and now she has this power back that feels like it's a strong connection she has, but it should be a part of the gray, the fungi that Scott Snyder started, I believe, when he was doing Swamp Thing. Yep, and so, and then Charles Sewell jumped in and added a lot of wacky things, and then they always... Machine Queen. This is where I thought even the idea of where she's pissed off the green. And like I said, there's always Swamp Thing. Oh, you damn Swamp Thing. And we all, we talked about it even throughout the New 52 into Rebirth and all of the idea of does Poison Ivy have a full connect? Like, does she talk to the Parliament of Trees? Does she, she has a tertiary deal, whatever. But when you get to it, at this point, she was so right for the idea of not even just actually like being tricked or anything, but actually saying, I want power. Fuck you, Green. I'll do this fight. And, and, Accepting Kinda to be like the Freddy. avatar of the gray Yeah, saying I'd rather be a, a, The avatar for something That wants me, fuck you green I'd take the gray and then have her End up and then you get swamped it. Like that's some big you, shit You have people fight over like you know is, is Ivy a hero, a villain You'll have people fight nonstop online about this Over and over again I've gotten blocked by people just by saying what happened in this series one time But when you have this you could do so many cool things with the idea of separating that because she could be a part of the gray. Like you said, the idea of the green, it just, it always, it never feels like it's going to go there or ever be referenced because like, ah, oh, the Lamia, that's all we're dealing with in this. And we're just going to say green, green, green. And it seems like the green gray before, though, right? It, it, it totally does. I don't think anybody remembers the gray anymore, but if you go back to what we had during the, um, was it the new age of DC heroes and in the Tom Kings, everybody loves Ivy at that point in time. The green was taking her over. It was to the go damage over the book top. where she actually like, showed up and was referencing all that. And we thought it was exactly the because during the New Fifty Two in the DC rebirth and stuff like that, it seemed like whenever Ivy would have the green skin that you see her sometimes betrayed as, that is when the green is taking her over. Like you have a like a Caucasian skin, like Pamela Isley. That's her with the power, but she's not being taken over by the green. So that's it was such a cool idea. Like use that, but we just never got anywhere. Now it's just this weird Lamia story that. Keeps recycling its own things, it feels like. And here is the thing if if there are people, and again, some people get all upset and everybody fought. We never got in the fight. And actually, we defended a lot of people with the whole play of if they want her to be a hero, that's fine. If they want her to be a villain, that's fine. Whatever. But 
just saying that she could be the avatar of the gray or accept the gray, that doesn't really mean that she has to be a villain either. She could end yeah. up doing things and actually that's just the gray. It's its its own thing. And she could end up being a hero even as the gray or to show how sus the green is because it has kind of ditched her at points and things like that. So it, it would be or interesting. Even just not even ditched her, but taking her over and done terrible things like, you know, using her exactly. body. Just using, manipulating her. And you could play a lot of stuff with that. And even if Swamp Thing would show up, Levi, whoever, you know, shows up, I would think she'd have a lot to say about it. Like, you know, I'm I'm sick of it. I keep trying to do these things for the green and for the plan. I'm doing this and I just get shunned and manipulated so much. Screw you. And then ever do the gray. And I think that could be a really cool deal. And it would actually, like you said, make people aware. Of things of the I also whole, think that you know, she'll, she wouldn't be able to be like you know be exactly what she wants to be. Maybe you could like rectify that through a big story because she's still connected to the green through what the Pharaonic man. Oh, did I would to think her. that by the end of it, she wouldn't so be she able walks to in be two the worlds. gray. But she, yeah, but she would try. Yeah, I think there's some interesting almost like things. you have with Black Orchid who had a connection to the green and the red. Yeah, there, there you go. It's even the weird play, and I was going to mention it a couple of weeks ago when we did have the Titans book when you ended up having. Uh, Beast Boy really concerned with the forest, but it was more of the, yeah. you know, the, the green deal kind of. And I was like, well, I wonder if we could go back with that and the red and stuff. But you don't get much of the red being mentioned at all, especially without really a, a uh, animal man thing going on. But in this, there could be some interesting things. But by the end of this, it's like, it feels like a side story. Zombies coming home yeah, to it mommy. feels like a side story just to set up. These zombies, but maybe you could have done a little more with Poison Ivy in here. But I think that at this point, I'll give uh, G. Will Wilson and the fans of this book a lot of credit. They are buying this book. It's selling well enough so that G. Will Wilson, in my mind, the editors are just going to let her tell whatever, you know, story where it goes or whatnot. This feels like something that is a little more like involved with G. Will Wilson, what she wants to do, maybe, than. That craziness at the beginning where it was just back and forth. But this kind of goes back to that. But it might be it maybe that's a good thing, though, because maybe it will go back and tie into things. And I, I and don't know, is, but it if is that's the direction we go, maybe that's the best part, because that's the part of the series that I liked with where we we're going. Once we got past that initial storyline, it all fell apart for me. You're saying when Janet from HR showed up, I know what you're yeah. saying, Eric, but it is that actually is like almost like the the vision of when things got wonky, because then you just. Ended up doing wacky on the road play well, and whatever. The final issue of that where the Philonic man took all the power away from Poison Ivy and what she was doing, and it was all him the entire time. Like, ah, oh, come on. You're there in Gotham. She's in Fuck the you, swamp, and now, now we have zombies that are kind of her fault, but they try to get her a little away from it, but we'll see. But I just felt bad for that family. And like Chuck, before, remember, the other people that Poison Ivy ended up killing and things like that, you know, they were assholes like the Blue Aguave people. Like, how dare they use that, that Aguave is. deal? In this, I'm like, poor Chuck. That was just, you know, he actually just passed her in a parking lot. And that's what happens, Eric. That's what happened in parking COVID. lots. What would you? Yeah. And even then, a lot of times I end up getting upset, like, oh, do I need this again or whatever? This actually seemed okay because it does tie well into what we started out. So I didn't think of this as being that crazy that way. Like, oh, look at her doing this or whatever. I just thought it was a little out of place and seemed like we had kind of gotten past it, but we're back. Zombies there. No, I agree. It's, it's a, it's, there's a lot of recap to what was going on previously with not a lot of substance. Unless you care about Chuck and, you know, what Poison Ivy's dreaming about, 
That's the majority of the book. Chuck becomes a zombie, and everybody who's been affected with Lamia, they become Lamia zombies that are making their way to to Poison Ivy and Gotham City. But they only need really the last three pages for that. Otherwise, it's just some recap of things that just didn't feel like they were fully explained previously. Like you're there and you're reading this, and you're like, "Oh man, Chuck!" Like you, you know the. And then you have that. Why do you have a page where it's like, "Oh my God, I don't know where my Chuck is. He has to be well." Uh, he probably didn't have a heart attack or fall because then they would have found his dead body. Uh, don't you talk about her. Like, it gets really odd. Man. <laughs> like, I don't know that I need that. I think that's when I was like, I, I don't feel right. This doesn't feel good. And I don't like it. But five out of ten. Five out of ten for me. Just straight up five out of ten. It would have served better, like I said, as like a. There's uh, some cool ideas that could come from it. But right now, this issue just didn't do it for me overall. But I did enjoy the art. An annual yeah. story that you go, yeah, the art's pretty horrific. But yeah, some of it's just this odd. It's a weird combo of slice of life, zombie. <laughs> All right, you're doing it. But and I want a slice of Ivy's life, but I get Chuck, who Poison Ivy doesn't quite remember. And I understand where Chi Will is coming for it because they're trying to show. The ramifications of Ivy's actions, but it doesn't make for an interesting issue in my mind. Yeah, you, you really do. You want to slice the life of Ivy, but you leave her behind. Ooh. And then Chuck's like, "Go to your mushroom." That's what he said to the kids. So. Is he oh, working with you? Your head. <laughs> it was. They're like, "Hey," <laughs> now I'm trying desperately to figure. Like, "Hey, are you done with your STEM studies?" Isn't that like some sort of curriculum that the kids do, the STEM stuff? I hear that being oh, yeah? said. Or, stems? I hear that around the house a lot, but that might be like, man, got too many stems and seeds. <laughs> ah, Eric, what are we finishing up with? The Joker, the man who stopped laughing, number 12, the finale, written by Matthew Rosenberg Fuck with art by Carmine D.G. Domenico, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Tom Napolitano. It turns out that the faux Joker, he's a little upset now that he knows that he's not the Joker because whenever anybody looks at him, they just see the Joker. But you know what? He has a way to rectify in this by getting his old buddy Red Hood on his side to kill the real Joker. That's what we have for our finale. And what we get with that is the War of the Jokers. The War of the Jokers. This is a year-long story. We have 12 issues. I can't say that it was worth anything. I'm mad that we ended up reading it. You ended up having backups throughout the whole time that were bullshit. Now we're, we're telling bullshit. we have extra size deal. He still can't tell a story. And this was an overpriced book. This is one of the most expensive books that DC was putting out each month. This was a bullshit story. I don't care. Vendetta, whatever. This guy sucks. And he never had an idea of what the story was. He, you end up where he had 12 issues. And then suddenly it's like, oh, shit, I got to end this. Let's eh, just do bullshit. And the stuff that you even sent Manhunter doing some good work. She's in one panel. That's pushed sure aside. Is. Ravager barely does anything. She saves Jason's life. How dare you? you? End, well, she dives into the water and pulls him up and then gives him mouth to mouth. Done. Saves his life. One of the other things that happened in the whole Gotham War, Jason Todd ends up having the mind whammy, and that's solved by a little dose of the Joker dead. No, there. I'll tell that's you right done. now, the idea when the Joker, the faux Joker does find Jason Todd. And he has that problem. He has the, whenever his adrenaline gets peaked, he's dosed with fear toxin because of what Batman did to him during the Gotham War. When the faux Joker finds him and sprays him with just a little bit of Joker toxin, it tells him, you know, the, your, your system's going to like counteract this because since it's just a little bit, it'll be able to pretty much cure you of the fear toxin that you have, but also not make you a Jokerized as well. It's the, it's the biggest bullshit ever. I don't know That's if I bullshit. actually. Matthew Rosenberg has been playing with Jason Todd this entire series. 
Did it get derailed because of what they did with uh, Jason Todd in the Gotham War? Because they needed to include him in that and do that to him? Did he, like, you think saying this now? I'm saying the first 10 issues. That that didn't mean it. the last two that the Joker War or the Gotham War was involved that derailed them. He was doing shit the whole time. We had Jason's no, going to get talking arrested about the idea for like of Jason seven Todd. issues. He's he's still doing stuff with Jason Todd. He wanted to have Jason Todd here, but he has to cure him of what happened to him in the Gotham War. It is the weakest part of this, but is it his fault because it wasn't out of his control? No, that I don't. I don't completely. Bang. I think that they told him. My editorial said you have to, or you know, they actually. This ele- but this they explanation could. sucks. The thing, though, is is he, he wants to end with Jason Todd. The only way you can is by curing him. So it could be a both are at fault. But just the idea that through this whole series, Jason Todd, oh, he killed Clayface where they thought he was a Joker and then he was in a holding cell. Then he, he's done nothing. He's just been there for dribs and drabs, not, not ever really seemingly going towards anything till the end where – Hey, I got to cure you so you can kill the Joker, but then gets tangled up in nonsense too, just to have this big fight at the end. But really, what, what, like, you had 12 issues, and I understand that they told him at some point, hey, you got to end it, but you got to have a way to end your series after 12 the issues than just Jokers. a bullshit of, well, by the way, people, the Joker, he's such a crazy, wild and crazy guy that, hey, it doesn't really matter. Like that, you end this with saying, "Hey, all along my story is eh, who cares about which Joker's which or whatever because he's a force of nature and you can never define him." The end, and I'm like, "That's not twelve issues worth of of story to get to this end." This really ends up being you know one of those books is? that I'm going to say two. 15 years from now, this was bullshit. You didn't get anything from it. It's not bad by the end of my mind. It's just even the idea that you're not sure who, like, you know, which Joker might have walked away at the end because one definitely did die, one definitely did live. You're not given the answer to who is who. It doesn't matter because at this point in time, they are both the Joker. Even like, yo, Johan, for who he is, he is definitely still the Joker for everything he knows for some reason and what was done to him by the but Joker. But that's the problem. The, is- the worst part of, though, is going back issues ago, well before Night Terrors, when Solomon Grundy saved the faux Joker's life, and they said, "We're alike because you're dead." I want to know what the fuck that means. I always well, go back says to that in here my mind. That he's alive, Eric. I know, the, but like, what did Solomon Grundy know? Of, like, I don't think he that, had that, any that, idea. I don't that think was he so ever intriguing. had a plan. I'm like, what does that mean? You're dead as well, Matthew Rosenberg. Like, just think of you know Task Force Z. Uh-huh. That goes on. It ends up by the 12th. Like, he had no idea what was the, at the end. That book completely changed and not even look anything like how it started and didn't have a story. And now nobody even cares. Everybody pushes it aside. Now, this is another one of these things 12 issues and never told a story. They didn't story. hate our Task 4C, though. Yeah, but how did it end? Tell me how, how great it ended up about issue eight. It all got wacky. And then all of a sudden, you got Gotham. No, you once Gotham became the, the the fake Bane, that was the problem with the entire thing. By the, the whole end, thing fell apart, and so you have this. I don't. And then need also them. the competing the competing government against the Task Force Z and what was going on with the Lazarus resin. It didn't work out, but there was a lot of fun moments to be had, and there's like you know half the series. But that's half a series. I'm talking about a whole. You got to have a story. And he keeps doing this. That twelve issues was one long story. He didn't really veer off a. Of, same with this, and by the end, he didn't even have an ending. He didn't even have things to tie in. At one point, like you said, Solomon Grundy goes, I am alive. The end. And then you end up, oh, which is the joke? That's the problem. If you have a, a funny little tale of it doesn't really matter who the Joker is because there's always a Joker, that's fine. But 
12 issues well, of a series. Jokers, well, it could be five now. I don't know. But by the end, you didn't tell uh, really any story here. You ended up having this Joker who couldn't get out of L.A. because of the airports finally come back, fight this foe Joker act. That was definitely the worst part of the series. Jokered up and was made by him. But then the end is just like, let's fight and then let's get along. Let's fight. There's some fun things here, but it's not anything that, you know, is a finale to a 12 issue series. The Joker versus the foe Joker for a finale and where you have the, the foe Joker set up on a train full of Joker toxins that's going to ram its way into Gotham Central Station and it's like explode all the Joker toxins, just bombing the city with that. You also have the Regal Joker coming in on a Joker blimp who's coming down to bomb the shit out of the foe Joker. You have this fight going on here. I still think that the action in this is higher stakes and bigger drama than what we had in Shazam. I think it's too much because you know it's – I mean, it's silly to say, but you know nothing's going to come from it because it's it's just a bullshit book that nobody cares about. Now, I'll tell you this. With the idea that, like, you know, Batman is led away by the Red Hood, like, pretty much given a sacrificial lamb to keep him out of the Joker and Red Hood's business of killing the actual Joker, he's given one of the Joker's goons who was just a kid at this point. So he's going to be off while Red Hood and the Why doesn't Batman react to the idea of, wait a second, why are you doing this? You should be mind whammied and I don't like you and you came back from, you know, the whole deal. It's But yet you are referencing the idea this happens after Gotham where it's a weird play. But I just... And Batman isn't able to be, again, it's synergy with books, but you can't really get a hold of Batman right now. He's, he's you know, down low and things like that. So that even felt fudged. But I ought, I don't get too caught up in the between books things at points. Right, right, and that's okay. But it just felt weird that he called Batman. Like at one point he is desperately trying to get a hold of anybody. And and he couldn't, but it just felt odd. It felt like that whole play, I don't know. When you have the idea of, like, Jason Todd is the hero of the book. He's willing to sacrifice himself here like he did at the end of Gotham War. He survives both, spoiler alert. But uh, when you have the idea where he is flying the blimp, he's going to try to stop the the train, right? He's contacting Batman, who can't get there in time to do anything. So Jason Todd is willing to take the hero's death in this whole thing. How do I stop this train without dispersing the Joker toxin? We could do fire, but fire's not going to get off it. We could do water, but then there will also be. What about fire and water? When you say this, it gets back to the idea of the Joker curing the fear toxin, Jason, with a little bit of joke. I'm like, so I'm going to crash this blimp full of bombs into the train that's going to go into the water, and that's going to save us from the Joker toxin. I'm like, that's a little much. It's a little much, but if you think How about it, work? I don't think it's played out well. But I'll tell you what it is, is you end up blowing up with fire then it gets dispersed in the atmosphere. If Uh you end up hitting the water, then it poisons the well. You have the classic Joker in the deal. If you end up, they didn't play it out well, but if you end up blowing it up right before it hits the water, it disperses, it it blows up the the toxin and then immediately puts out the fire. The toxin's not there anymore because it's on fire. It puts out the fire, boom, you don't have either. It didn't play out well because all he said was, Fire and water. Let's go. But it, <laughs> he said that. I'm it like, oh, somewhat on, makes God. sense if you think about I it. If you could, no, if no, you could get it really to the exact degree of it, fire and then goes out. With it what we have for sense a, to me our understanding first. of Batman, fire and water, and Jason's like, why don't I do both? And it's just an explosion that lands in the water. But I thought he was I just going like to eat a lot problems. of tacos or something the way he was yelling. <laughs> but even then, like you said, I thought at the first bit of like, that's a lot of bullshit, but it does make sense, but it's no, not right really played you. out well. It's not played out so well of that, but you've got that. I but can it, make again, it work way more than Jason being cured by a little bit of Joker toxin, but it's still a little far-fetched for me. When we talk about, well, 
Is it in fact did uh, you know Matthew Rosenberg need Jason to be cured, and that's why they allowed him, or they wanted him to get cured, so then he plays this in. But that's the other thing. Again, I said the synergy of books, whatever. But you you have to reference that because it gets so big that there's no way in hell that Batman doesn't show up. Then he has to kind of fudge that in that play. That's what kind of got me. The idea, oh, I'm going to save this one kid. And that's why Batman can't make it here because he would really fudge up the works here. You want Jason Todd to be it. It works out, but it's still, it's it's very, it's it's a lot of things being fudged at the end of a series that really never had a story. And that's what gets me mad. You have to fudge. And then you, Solomon Grundy, that thing should have just been left aside and maybe you can get back to that some other how Solomon Grundy just say I me am alive I'm like uh what, what are you doing what are, what are you doing when Jason Todd though is foiled once again because he's only here to kill the Joker that's why he's working with the faux Joker once he understands this isn't the real Joker he's a victim just like Jason Todd so that's why he's willing to work with the psychopath as well the idea that he's foiled once again from being a villain by murdering by having to be a hero, I think does wonders for the character as well, just like it did for Gothamore. Not a great ending for Gothamore. This actually works out better in my mind for what he's willing to do because he wants so desperately to kill the Joker, but he's such a hero that he has to be able to do like he, he's not able to do this because he has to do the right thing, the better thing. Here's my big thing of it. Again, we had the three Jokers. He killed the Joker yeah. on that. We've gotten to this sure point did. where if you are going this character that you love, they only tell one story. We talked about it all along. He's running around with, you know, the crowbars and they're doing this. That's why I was happy with him in the Gotham War, because it seemed like he was finally going to get like maybe some scarecrow action maybe, going on and away from the Joker. Again, you just wanted to be, you know, obsessed with something. But when you have this and what you're just away from the Joker, that's all I want. Jason Todd and you're happy because I get it. You want to like something like, you know, you actually are a hopeful guy. And we talked about this last week. So when you go with that, well, at least Jason ends up. But again, it's the surface level bullshit of I. They even have it referenced in Batman. Who Jason still obsessed with that? Ch-? Like, come on! If you're gonna end up progressing the character, you got to get past this bullshit. And when you end up where he's like, "Oh man, you're a victim just like me," this I'm goes like, back to it all the time because they don't have any other thing to write about. Like, I thought he was going to be done with that after Death of the Family when it looked like the Joker had poisoned him. At one point, the whole idea when the, the Joker at the, in that Death of the Family burned his face all up and stuff like that. They ended up changing that because I didn't want to damage Jason's pretty face. But Bruce had to nurse him back to health at that point, and I thought it was going to be over at that point. Jason's back in the family. But every time it's just like, yep, I'm going to carry a crowbar now. I'm like, fuck it. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> if there was something going on here and Matthew Rosenberg had any lick of talent, you like one thing really big here you could have ended this and twisted around you don't need batman i know that he would show up if this is going on but he's down low i don't need batman i got red hood center on red hood and his new team of ravager and manhunter you can have a new outlaws team but we're not gonna get it they end up like this is done i matthew roseberg has failed and we do have coming up a jason todd book coming out Thank God it's not Matthew Rosenberg, but unfortunately it's back to the Hill shit that we had before that we ended the new 52 deal. And we're going to go back to that, (laughs) that you hated. I look back the reviews of that. 
you were ripping it apart, but it was based off of one story from like 20 years ago. Yeah, it was a Chris or a Priest story back in the deal, and now they're going to do that. But was it Priest? Yeah, he's the one who started. It wasn't Priest when it came back. It's this Martinsburg, I believe his name is. I thought I thought for some reason he, he did that story like 20 or years ago and his reference to it, whatever it was. I thought he was like continuing his own story. I think the thing was like he was an artist. There's something with it. he's connected, but. It's going to be that, and you know, that's just going to be generic shit like we got. Again, I need somebody to actually care about Jason Todd and come with a new story. It's just that every time we get these things, they keep failing. And I don't know, would you, I mean, this was 12 issues. You yeah. could pretend that it was a maxi series all along. It wasn't. Well, can, will you call it more than 12 because of Night Terrors as well? No, maybe. No. Maybe we could. But again, it's not necessarily a complete and utter failure. I thought the storytelling and the way he did it was a failure, but it still ended up lasting over a year. So maybe you're not ruining the idea of, you know, Jason Todd can't sell a book because it was supposed to be a Joker book. But now we've had two Joker books that you got to write good stories. You can't just rely on the Joker being the deal. It's not working and it's hey, oversaturated. Hey, hey. But at least, unlike the first Joker book, which had every opportunity, this book comes with its finale and says, I think he would taste funny. Yeah, oh, I, I saw that. I'm like, I know Eric's going to bring you this up it. because he, he ended it. up saying, you, you're going to eat me? I think I taste funny. Are you with the idea? It's actually thrown in like he had these jokes on cue cards and he had him this waiting for him and he had to throw it in. With it the soil family well. that we had in the Joker back yeah, in the original Joker cannibals. series. Yeah, it would have been so good. They're going to eat them. This is the thing. This is how it plays out. Well, I didn't have it all planned out, but I thought maybe we kill him and eat him to take all his power. Take his power. Yeah. What? What? You're worried he's going to taste funny? That is a lame setup to get you to the it. punchline that he wanted to oh, do. It would have it. been way better with the Sawyers. They were cannibals. You did a guy. Would have made it, yeah. I, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's here the thing we is, go. I can't actually remember what the family was called. I just called them the Sawyers because that's what they were in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Now you say that, it's probably from you mentioning I think his first it, name was Sawyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like they were giving a lot of shout-outs to that. But with all that going on, though, it just ends. Again, you, you end up where it's the Joker <sighs> doing the narration, talking about, the idea of a punchline, the idea of the anticipation, the setup. And then Matthew Rosenberg at the end, like maybe to me, maybe to a bunch of people because this book was canceled, but saying basically, hey, if you like like the lame punchline of the joke, then you're not as good as me because I like the setup and the progression more. And so I'm not going to give you anything at the end and then tries to tell a joke at the end. If you really want to know what happened, here you go. And it's the end. You get to that deal. I'm like, go fuck The Joker is alive and the faux Joker is dead. That's all you need to know. And I say the faux Joker because you don't know which one is. It's just at the end, the Joker is still alive. That's my biggest problem here is legitimately, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter because of who he is. It doesn't matter. It You're right, matter. this is a Jason Todd story. So it's a, well, Jason Todd disappeared for like seven issues, so I wouldn't say that either. And then it was a Manhunter story, but then she's barely touched so on how, at the end. How, the do, I t- how do I up. take this story, this entire story, right? Get rid of those right LA issues. That's where you think. You know I'm saying, though, there was two, I think it was two issues of like Joker in LA trying to get out. I can't get to LA. I think it might have been three, chaotic. but that's okay. Well, maybe three, two or three. How do I take those and take all the good Manhunter parts, but leave the rest behind? Because I like Manhunter's inclusion in those stories. The rest of it was garbage, though, and I like Manhunter coming here to take on the Joker again and teaming up with Ravager and Red Hood. That team sounds excellent to me. Again, by the end, Manhunter has one panel. Hey, Jason's down there. <laughs> in the finale, where you would be 
focusing and showcasing the things that you thought were important that might carry on or things that really had weight to it. Manhunter's not included. So boom. And then Ravager just jumps in the water and pulls him out. But in this, this is the end. I never cared so much about the payoff. The happy explanations are the cathartic release of laughter. No happy explanations, no cathartic release of laughter, just more uncomfortable questions. But some simple people just love a tidy ending. Simple people. Go fuck yourself. A clean punchline. You're not going to get it. (laughs) And really, he's there laughing. Now, I can't say he's laughing on a pile of money. He's probably laughing like chinking two quarters together. Ding, ding, look at me. Hey! And I just sit there. I'm like, what the fuck did you do this whole time? You had these backups with Joker Butt Baby, which is the only thing anybody will ever remember from this. this This backups are terrible. And yeah. And then you actually had more space because they said, well, you haven't been telling the story. And you didn't even use that, right? And you end up this with this joke of, well, simple people actually want an ending to a story they've been reading for one year. Oh, simple people want the most expensive book that DC puts out pretty much of a monthly kind of just story here. And they want actually something. Yeah, the joke is on us for actually paying attention and thinking this was going to end up with any sort of resolution or any sort of good story. This guy keeps doing it. He's terrible. I hope he just disappears. Disappears from the face of the earth there. This guy is awful. This is now like the seventh book of his that I've read, and he's done the same bullshit at the end where he had no story. Uh, Even Marvel, that's where I started out with. Had a lot of hopes for him there, but no, didn't come through. But what were you going to say? You're going to try Yeah, to- the thing is, when the, when the Jokers are on the train and they get derailed because of Jason Todd and then this jump into the water. story was derailed there. Take everything that. explodes and they're fine. When they jump into the water, why are they all burned up in the water? Was it was it, was it just the fire on the top that was burning That's them? Because it just seems thinking, weird. Yeah. Like almost like, like you're it, almost playing like oil slick. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's, it was just weird for me because I'm looking at them trying to figure out who's who, but they're both kind of burning at one point. And like even the explanation when they jump in, because the, the chaotic nature of the Joker we have here, faux Joker wants to kill real Joker, right? They end up fighting each other to the point where like, hey, why are we fighting? Why don't you just go do your thing? I'll We're do my cool. thing. Both. Exactly. The Joker's a fucking badass. Let's, let's franchise. Exactly. And to the point then where they're like, oh my God, the train's about to fucking explode. Let's jump off here. They both jump into the water. And the one guy comes up like, ah, you fools, wait till I find. And then another Joker comes up and starts stabbing him to death. It's this, this back and forth, this chaotic nature to the point where the Vic- Victor comes out with the severed Joker's head. It doesn't matter. I'm alive. I'm the Joker. And I'm like, I get that. But I'm like, what was that at the end where everybody's just set on fire, burned terribly? I'm like, you, you just like you look terrible now, Joker, whoever you may be. It's the idea they're fighting. And then Matthew Rosemary has to play his games where. Oh, they're not. I don't want them to know which one won, so I have to burn off all their clothes and make them horrifically burned scarred, so you can't say, "Oh, I see that guy there. That was the foe. That was the real." So he's playing this game. So that's all it is. That's all the reason for that. And then he's like, "Sexy from the neck down." <laughs> he's a horrific. You would not let him make your food at a fast food restaurant. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah. Well, again, yeah, the Joker. I wouldn't let him anyway. But I think that that's. And at the end, you get you know rapid fire. Not look, not dead. All right, go fuck yourself. Ooh, did you? Which one? Oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, this sucks. And then you also do bullshit like curing Jason. So, like I no, said earlier, with the whole Vandal Savage, you pretty much in one week have erased any sort of weight that the Gotham War had. You got rid of it all to just go forward and hey, let's go. 
It's very odd. But what would you give this? I actually had fun with this finale. Like I said, besides for the idea of Jason being cured instantly, it was very weak. It was very disappointing for everything that was set up for the idea of that. What you're going to do with Jason Todd going forward. It's just something that needed to be done here because I guess Matthew Rosenberg had plans for Jason Todd for this finale. But like the Joker war itself with the big like, you know, plans between the real Joker and the faux Joker, bringing Jason Todd and how they're all going to like come together. I thought it was really cool, and even seeing Ravager save Jason at the end, and even the idea of Jason having to be the hero. He into the water in one panel and then fished exactly. him out. That wasn't I didn't see anybody anything. else doing that shit. Um, they couldn't swim. Jason Todd having to be the hero that he truly is and not having to, like, the villain moment of completing his, like, you know, one test that he always talks about doing of killing the Joker. It's great for the character in my mind. I like the art throughout. I'm going to give it a 6.8 out of 10. I don't see how him talking about killing the Joker anymore is anything good with him. He's already killed a Joker recently. He's already, this is all they do. I think it's actually a step back. Is that in continuity anymore? Well, even if it isn't. You ended up having this play of Jason Todd. The only reason that he's the one that deals with this is because he's the one who might take it over the limit and actually kill him. So they play that game, but they keep doing it. I don't think that this is anything forward with him. Like you said, if you want to try to convince me that him flying a plane into a meteor is a, a step up, then I'll go with it. But then you get the next week where he's just back to going after the Joker. And I, I wish at this point where the faux Joker comes and says, man, I got to cure you to kill the Joker. And he's like, I don't do that shit anymore. And when he gets a hold of Batman, it's like, Batman, come join me. Let's take them both down and arrest them. But he's like, yeah, let's go. I'm not hanging out with that Batman. He fucked with my brain. It's just the same old, same old. Uh, again, well, he calls them for help. Like, either or should be pissed off or worried about the other, and they don't even reference it. And I think that Matthew Rosenberg is a failure. Any issue, any series he has does not seem to last past 12 issues. It gets canceled, even it was going to be ongoing. He ended up even coming in at the end of the whole deal. And even, like I said, I forgot the other one, and there's going to be a sequel. But the DC versus Vampires, the minute that Tynan seemed to not be any bit involved, that shit fell apart worse than that. He can't write a story. He never knows what he's doing, and I just need him to go away. But three out of ten for me. Uh, just hated it. People like that DC versus vampires, though, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they seem to, but it didn't sell as well. It's like a little less of like it's not deceased level, but they're going to come back with it at the end. It kind of fell apart. Uh, but oh, remember, at the end, you didn't even have an ending. Really, it was like, oh my god, he was a vampire. Oh Jesus! Oh, like, no, you see that? Just... I don't. I don't remember anything towards the end of that series up the top of my head right now. Yeah, remember he ends up where at that I, point, like, he, like once Superman was wearing Lex armor and called himself Baron Cinders, I think my mind kind of checked out. And that was like issue four. And even not even that, just all the weird ideas that were how we save the world. And we kept going to different things and stuff like that. It was Supergirl going to like you know save things in Australia? I think, but we had mm-hmm. to get there with Steel yeah, and Black Manta. Like all these different stories, like didn't like come together in my mind. To remember, a you were really thing. into Green Arrow at one point, and then that really oh, yeah. didn't amount to anything. Smallville concentration camp. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was in the tie-in though. But even so, by the end, you're like, oh my god, you had a twist at the end. I don't want to end up spoiling it, but you're you making prison rape jokes. You had a twist that ended up not really working well in the whole play. If I just wasted yeah, I twelve issues, yeah. So uh, by the end of that, it. Oh, I remember now. I don't. I don't care for that ending. <laughs> I'm saying all the time where you're doing these, even if it's a set. Well, we talked about it. Like, that's it. where Barbara became the, the vampire queen, right? Exactly. I didn't want to. Yeah. Swear. but that's what I'm happened. Saying, we talked about all of it, though. I know, but I'm saying if somebody just tuned in and they haven't read it, I know it's from a while back, and we spoil things. But yeah, so you go through that whole deal, and you're like set one way, and then at the end, he thinks he's clever by like, oh, everything you saw before, bullshit, vampire queen, boom, and I'm like what? 
And then yeah, the ending sucks. when I ended up reading the Marvel stuff, when I first jumped on, I really liked the first couple issues of his multiple man deal. That fell apart, made no sense by the end. He did an X-Men deal that was actually decent enough. That actually was right before the Hickman stuff that was okay. But most of the things that I've read from the guy always end, not even a thought. They end with a disaster. This one, he's trying to do things that was canceled. I get it. But I don't think he really ever had any of a, a real solid story in his mind. And it shows here. But what is your book of the week? My book of the week is going to surprise you, Jim. It's the Joker, the man who stopped laughing number 12. It's going to anger me. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, I might anger you. I think that mine was Shazam. This was a, was. a down week. This was a down. Mine was a seven. Yours is a six, eight for the book of the week. Just to let everybody know, that does point to the idea that we didn't quite love the birds of prey or the fire and ice welcome to Smallville. Those weren't our favorites either. But maybe, just maybe, things will pick up next week. We've got a couple new Go number ones, some crazy stuff going on. But here's what we'll be talking about next week. Two of these, and I can kind of guess which one they'll be, will be on the Patreon spotlight. I won't. You'll you'll know what I'm talking about. It's a, it's a given. I'll even tell you when it, when we get to them. But to give me. Two of these will be picked by the badasses of the Get Fresh crew. Mm-mm, that's a level on our Patreon. If you go up to that level, you get to pick on a bunch of things. But if you just want to listen to the Patreon spotlight, you can join up at the lower levels and get that also early access to each week's podcast that we're doing right now. So some cool stuff as well as other exclusive podcasts. But here they are, Eric. Batman and Robin, number three. All right, what's up? What's Shush up to? We'll see what's up with Shush. I'll have to get Detective Comics number 1077. Oh, my. Is Batman uh, hung? He certainly is. Oh, my. But, yeah, we'll go through that. Maybe Catwoman gathering up a team that you weren't so hip on. Green Lantern number five. What's right. that Sinestro doing there? No good. Sinister stuff. Uh, Same Sinestro. I'm Don't looking forward him. to that. That's if if we talk. That's not my book because Green Lantern stuff's typically your things. But yeah. I am enjoying that. But then we get the first of what will be on the spotlight. I, Outsiders number one. It's okay. by yeah, Lansing and Kelly. Not my uh-huh. favorite. Hopefully no. this will work out. I do have the solicit to read you just so you What's know and everybody knows you? what it is. Never the end. A universe of secrets is about to come to light. Batman protects Gotham City from evil. Batman Inc. protects the rest of the known world. Do they? they? But what of the unknown (laughs) world? What of the ancient evils in hidden tombs and forgotten tragedies from a magic and mad science-fueled superheroic century? This is why I wanted to read it to you. Using his fortune. When you said century, is that with a C or an S? How are you saying that? That is with a C. Okay. A superheroic century. (laughs) I'm telling you, it makes sense. But what of the unknown world? What of the ancient evils in hidden tombs and forgotten tragedies from a magic and mad science-fueled superheroic century? A lot of words there, Eric. So then, are people going to get mad at this next sentence, or are you going to steer them a different way? Using his fortune, Luke Fox launches a new organization. Now, some people are going to say, that's Batman's money. But Luke has some money as well. He also oh, has Fox, Fox tech. Money. I think that yeah. a lot of people at first are going to think they're talking about Batman's money. He's going to well, start a new organization. I think Lucius is a part of that now too. So you could technically say he might be taking some of Bruce's well, money sure, from. It might be a little Bruce's money, but but but, but <laughs> what we had here is that he had his own money before that his own company. Is that one of the biggest? Like people talk about character assassination and things like that. 
Lucius has become not just the money because he actually was given to it by, but boy, everything he's done, he's done. Why didn't he immediately buy the mansion and just have it on hold for when Bruce comes back? That would, have, that would have been like you used to say, giving him a solid, Eric. And he Doing him a solid. Say it right. Giving him a solid. Using his fortune, he's going to make this organization dedicated to shining light in the world's darkest corners. Look, you say this. This is what his like thing should have been in that weekly Har- Harley book when he was putting together a team. This seems exactly like that, and it seems I like think it could that be really cool. Kind of maybe, but I I hope they mean shining the light is that every issue's cover has a darkness with the the bat suit, the the batwing suit that was so cool back in the New Fifty Two. Every cover had a dark background and his uh, so batwing cool. suit glowing. His first recruit, Kate Kane. The Batwoman, who will re-embrace her military background to protect Luke's dream and encounter every bit of strangeness the DCU has to offer. This also has a tinge to that, remember, Dark Universe book that Tynan was going to end up doing way, way back? That they, oh, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Weird. But also it works out because Kate really just always works with, like, does, like, monster stuff and, like, magical stuff as remember, opposed to Batman. Remember that so. crazy team she had? That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, the unknowns? Ragman, maybe Ragman will show up. And just wait maybe. until you meet the third man. Oh, I, I, and that's the weird. It says, and just wait until you meet the third man. I'm like, oh, well, but that's in capital. So that must be his name. I'm like, I don't love that name. Or learn what universe shattering secret they've discovered buried under Antarctica. Outsiders is the return of comic archaeology, digging into the forgotten corners of DC's history to preserve, record, cool. and better understand the true nature of the DC multiverse. And the forgotten stories that make up its fabric. And that's one of the things that people kind of I'm not a huge about. outsiders guy, but it sounds like it could be a really cool well, series it overall. might. Lansing and Kelly suck, so I'm not expecting it, but that's fine. What, and that's the thing. That solicit really feels like it could be exciting. Oh, yeah. And big. And they are boring. Everything that I've read from them in the past two to three years has been boring as shit and gets canceled immediately. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully this will be their thing. Next book that'll be on the Patreon spotlight, Speed Force number one. That is oh, coming yeah. out from Jarrett Williams. Jarrett oh, Williams. That you like Jarrett Williams, right? I don't know that person. I think he's only written like three comic books, and most of them seem to be Rick and Morty stuff, so I'm worried there. Wallace <laughs> West and Avery Ho, the young speedsters, have been Teen Titans, Justice Leaguers, and above all, members of the Flash family. Has As Avery been become, Teen Titans? Hey, that's what they're saying. As they become aware of mysterious changes happening to the Speed Force, they race to Keystone City where they encounter old friends, new threats, and a chance to forge their own path. Spinning out of the pages of The Flash, the team of Jarrett Williams, Super Pro KO and Rick and Morty, and Danielle D. Nuquiello, Nightwing, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, brings the next generation. So Speedsters, end of the dawn of DC, just to let everybody know, the Speed Force, I believe, is a six-issue mini, and The Outsiders is a 12-issue maxi series. So. That seems I'm to be saying, what I look forward to Wallace West because I love his kid Flash. It's just Avery Ho just feels like a weird addition to the Speed What'd you family. Call her? Like the Avery Ho? Uh, when we have that, it just she never Cancel feels like her. she fits in. Even the idea that she's part of the Justice League of China always felt like she was just shoehorned into there because she was like an American Chinese or Chinese American speedster, and it just never felt right. So hopefully they're able to do something with the character that makes us say, "Yeah, definitely should be a part of the team." Or it's just gonna kind of. Deal with the idea of her feeling like she's not part of the team. I, we'll have to see. We'll have to see what it is. I read the preview. A little wacky, Eric. A lot of, you know, hey there, fellow kids talk is what I saw in that. But maybe it'll work out. you got to read one, Dale. At one point. They, they, I'll wait till next week. They might think that saying some man, that's fire, 
there might be a trademark on that now because they're like, man, that's flames. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe some youngsters will say that that's a deal. It didn't feel right to me. Vigil Slap. number six. It ends that that slaps right, slaps right in the ass, right out the door. Eric. <laughs> oh no, it's lost. And that's the we like the vigil at first. That's one okay. of those deals, and a lot of the, you know, the I wanted to call it New Age of Heroes. Now I forgot the the whole. We are legends. Life. We are legends. Books. They did kind of get wonky by the end. And Ram V. I mean, seriously, telling Ram V. To write a set six-issue miniseries is like telling a gazelle it can't run, Eric. You can't do it to the guy. He's never going to follow play. those rules, right? Because he needs – I think that he was waiting for them to, again, extend it to ten. Like, hey, have some more. They did not, Eric. It's going to end. Never the end. He, well, he did say on Twitter, I saw, uh, I think it was – I can't remember the deal. He ended up saying it will continue at some point, but – they showed up like weird ways in the, hey, there's a panel of detective. That's the only way yep. it does. It's going to end up, if you ask me, wordplay here. It's not really wordplay. Oh. It's going to be Never like when, when Tom Taylor's like got the revolutionaries in one issue or whatever. That's, that's, that's what we'll probably get from the vigil. See wordplay. Are you trying to tell me that I'm never going to get the vigil versus Stormwatch? No, I don't think you will. But versus <laughs> the revolutionaries, maybe. And oh. then also just, I mean, add all the. Teams. Then get the outsiders in. They'll be there too. And then Doom Patrol. Wesley Dodds the Sandman number two. You said you were looking forward to You scared me. When you said and then Doom Patrol, I'm like, I thought the series was over. <laughs> I yeah, got you. Over, all right. Uh the Wesley Dodds Salmon, uh, it's one of those where if if it was me just buying stuff and I'm cheap, but the thing would be like, oh, that was a cool one shot, that one. But we're continuing. Number two. I didn't I didn't hate it. I just no. didn't. I wasn't that into it. I think we'll it's the see. weakest of the three that are coming out right now, but like I still enjoyed the idea of a period piece with the, like, you know, the hidden years of Wesley Dodds the Sandman, a new story that you never got to see before. People, I wonder if they're going to be more mad that you said that Then Diddy Book is the least favorite of the three coming out. Are they going to be more mad at that or that you called Avery a hoe? I don't know which Her one. Her last there. name is Avery Ho. What are you talking about? It's right there. And the solicit says Avery, Eric calls her a hoe. That's her uh, nickname. That's her nickname. World's finest Teen Titans number five. Speaking of something we don't really like, it's almost that, over. Yeah, what, what that book is odd. It's such an odd. Like that book seems like it's tailor made to just have some fun, which Mark Wade seems to want to have. But in that, it just doesn't play out well. Look, at this point in time, I just look forward to more Mal Duncan and Bumblebee. They were the best part of last issue. They were pretty good. They are, and so it should be, because he took up the Guardian deal. We'll see what goes on, and maybe that'll play well, out very well. We have to see long. what's going on with the Terror Titans. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Terror Titans. Get out of town. Ah, uh, but that's that. That's what we talk about, and I do think it'll be Speed Force and Outsiders. I could bet your life on it, Eric. I will do oh, that. No. You might be dead. But in all that, I hope everybody enjoyed listening to the podcast. Thanks again to TJ for mailing in. Check all the show notes to all the links, including going to our Patreon to help us out for all the nonsense we do here. But you get a lot of uh, exclusive podcasts over there. Stuff with me and Eric, but stuff with a bunch of the Get Fresh crew. A lot of the people who ended up helping me out while Eric stepped away for a bit. So if you like hearing that and like, the, you know, hey, what's up with Simon? Well, me and Simon ended up doing a Hellboy podcast. Take nice. that, Eric. But yeah, a what's lot of called? them. And, and we also you have a clever name. The Hellboy Reading Club podcast. Yeah. That's what it's called. It's What's called. What's clever names that? What's weird out loud? It's. 
<laughs> right in the trash can. That's great. Yeah, you say that the, we have an event crisis podcast that I call the Comic Book Crisis Power Hour. The worst deal. Nobody knows what Dude, the hell that thing is. I like it though. I, I like it too. I'm just always pissed off when it's not an hour. That is true. It's usually about forty minutes. <laughs> I sit there. I'm like, this is bullshit. <laughs> you look at it like you're never going to listen, but you look at it like that's forty six minutes. That's bullshit. But that's I. That's more of like a Saturday morning. I love that name. Idea, oh, yeah. But, yeah, but I end up where it's like I, the Shazam's ISIS Power Hour. If I tell people about it, though, I always have to explain what it is. I'm like this name, but yeah, most of the things are reading clubs. We also have like a uh, Oblivion Song Reading Club podcast. I also do a Mark Miller. World, all of his books, reading club podcasts, a lot of time. stuff like that. It is Miller time. There you go. But there's a bunch of things. Check it out. Go and if you want to check it out fully, you can get a free seven day free trial. Just actually Sweet. listen to some of the things and decide if you want to be involved. So that's that. Thanks everybody again for listening. Thanks for joining me, Eric. And what do we say at the You're end? welcome. Peace, everybody. Have a great week. Keep week. it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Boy, there certainly aren't a lot of reviewers giving out perfect scores for bad books these days. Hey, mister, can you tell me why? They are just chills. Yeah, they are only shills. And an option sack, you know that they will. Well, now they keep giving great skulls to the books that are shitty. And if I wasn't so mad, I might even take pity. And I wish that they would go away. And I hope and pray that they will. But today they are still only shills. Okay, I guess that makes a little bit of sense. But why would anybody ever want to be a shill? Well, in the case of comic book review sites, there are all sorts of reasons for being a shill. Some are looking to get review copies, while others think it's a way to get into the business. But if you ask me, I think they're all just a bunch of assholes. They are just shills, yeah, they are only shills. Kissing ass just like you know that they will. Well, now their reviews are so ridiculous, I just can't relate. If everything is perfect, then what really is great? They are heading for a big fall. How I hope and pray that they will, cause I can't stand the stupid ass shills. Congratulations, Weird Science. DC Comics hates you. All right. Like me!